Hey there. Before we got started, we want to say a quick thank you to our host, Muse on Minis. For years now, Muse on Minis has been the industry leader in beautiful, high-quality tabletop accessories. From tokens to widgets to terrain and more across a wide variety of games, Muse on Minis has everything you could possibly need to complete your tabletop wargaming experience. Head to MuseOnStore.com to see what new innovations the fellas come up with next. That's MuseOnStore.com. Musing and amusing accessories for every gamer. Now on to the show. Welcome uh, to episode 27 of Full Tilt. My name is Steven, and I play Scorn. My name is Jesse, and I play Crucible Guard. I'm Nigel, and I play Kador. And we have two very special guests. Uh, this is Keith, and I'm... Mm, mm, Signar... <laughs> He's playing stuff. He's playing the game, so be happy about that, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we're also Man. joined by uh, CanCon winner, uh, Mr. Active Player himself. <laughs> Hi, my name's Chris. I play either Kador or Cardor, and factions I pretend I'm playing when I'm really just playing Cardor. <laughs> At this point, I'm settled. I'm just an addict. I'm a lifelong junkie. It's fine. <laughs> We're living it. But what a what a drug, though. Man. Yeah, what a drug. What a unpopular drug in the states that apparently means apparently. that it's a fucking shit faction. But here we are. <laughs> we just haven't embraced the power of the front, but you know. I agree. <sighs> Front button. I can hate that name somehow. It's Disco. It's like not real. It's Disco Inferno. It's dis- <laughs> Disco Inferno. It's one of my favorite songs. I'm just like, I was literally yeah. listening to it while reading Malakov's rules. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the name of the spell. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Still, uh, Front actually- is not a ter- not an incorrect name when, say, like Nigel puts on a unit of shockies and they assault something and blow it to pieces. Oh my God. Oh my God. Who's right. this joining us? A new challenger approaches. A new challenger couldn't win his own tournament. I'm just kidding. I'm hey, sorry. that's my protege. Mikey, mate. Hey, <laughs> gotta, throw the, gotta throw it out there. And he pissed on. No, Mips, you won. Mips, you won last year. You won in 2020, right? Like 2020. <laughs> now it's time for me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should get to some news and Oh, he left. What a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Yeah, he, he came in and gave us Steve Irwin and he left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a, a bit of news that they announced. Uh, it's not, I don't know if it's a formal announcement yet, but it's pretty much confirmed that they're going back to uh, books for releases, which is awesome. Everybody yeah, sweet. rejoices. It's, it's sweet. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. 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 That's, that's first on the Facebook Yeah, it's not on the yeah. Facebook Fuck, page. That's actually good because that theme, the theme release schedule kind of made things very lopsided. Yeah. Like, remember. I remember a time when Signal was the fucking tits. It was, guess what? When the Trencher theme came out. Yep. And it's just like, okay, so everyone's playing with like two functional lists. And it's just like, hey, okay, we've got Signal. Now we have five, you know, how about you just have some free trenches? <laughs> Everyone else gets shitty themes and you get the one functional theme. And then four CIDs later, it's like, oh yeah, we've learned something from the process. Are we going to fix trenches? Like, maybe? Well, it caused a lot of nope. problems. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, Signar and Cricks were first, so they always they got I don't know how many models they got, fifteen or something each. Uh, trolls were actually second. And oh, that's so right, trolls. Cricks were third. That's right. But those factions all got, I mean, a dozen or more releases, and when they finally made it around to poor Scorn, we got three. Okay, yeah. so sick. Three models in the whole of Mark Three. God damn it! But, uh, I think it's just Scorn being where they belong. 
<laughs> just like just like current see just like current uh updates and stuff have kept Sigma right in the place where they belong. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. Oh. He's sad about Crix too. He's got it's only it's only depressing, yeah, because Crix is also terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Crix isn't terrible. Just the things that I liked about Crix are terrible. Yeah, like uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the set. The I mean, I'm sure I'll have ample opportunity to expound upon this, but the sadness of like, hey, you know that caster that you used to like the most out of every caster in the game? Yeah, every caster with his name is unplayable because the unit that props up your entire faction has the same name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should have been Venethrax too. Damn it! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah, uh, sins of the past. Yeah, that's right. But back to these uh, book releases a little bit. I don't know if it'll be uh, kind of like when the Infernals were released; they had their own command book. If it'll be like that, and each faction will just get a command book. I'm hoping it goes full on back to the uh, every faction gets four releases or something, and they break into three separate release cycles. I think they'd have to do at least three at this point, instead of the well, two. Actually... I'd like that, honestly, because one of the yeah. problems with the Mark III release schedule is that there's no actual fluff. Like, no. Yep, that's all thing. It's surprising how much that matters, in a, especially in any tabletop war game, but in War Machine mm. specifically. Like, we all made fun of the Mark II fluff, how it got pretty derpy, how you'd have, like, Old Witch summoning an entire troll army just to get them into the same point of the, mm-hmm. like, you know, get them from the north into the, the south somehow. And just, like, how convoluted it was. You had a super fatal game, and yet everyone here is just, like, basically anime fighting for no consequence. But yeah. it sort of gave you a structure and a flow. And because everyone got something, it get, kept you interested. Whereas now, like, there was an invasion of Lael by Cigna, apparently, and that was abortively told in some stories. And you also saw just how much people fucking went apeshit over the fluff when... The Hermit of Henshold Scrolls, something we thought was going to be a bit of a flash in the pan, or frankly, just like, why use Twitter as a format to release a story, but it, it worked, and yeah. it was fucking sick. So, yeah. yeah, if they actually go through with that, that would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, for sure. For me, it and, wasn't even necessarily like the full narrative of the world. Like, I didn't need an ongoing narrative to be invested. It was, but it was having like, well-crafted you know, backstories for the models. Like this is, this is who this is. And this is, you know, this is what this is and where it came from. Like the, the, whatever, the Vanguard is a Lely's created war Jack by this outfit for this purpose. And like some of those little details just give you, give a model a a more realized feeling than just some rules on a card and a picture. hundred percent. Cause I got a perfect example for you. Um, if you've got if you've got say circle, you've got Chromac, whose whole story is that he's I think one of the first Thon to ever become a druid, right? And it was just yep. like previously the thought impossible, and like you read Chromac's especially Mark One, Mark Two fluff, it's just like a full page of pretty much like how he refuses to eat hearts because he's like there's no heart, like you know. He went on a. He didn't. He refused to eat hearts as a warcaster because basically he was just like no one here is brave enough for me to bother eating their heart because they're shit, right? <laughs> Um, and then how he eventually embraces that, like, you know, the effects of the beast side and just goes ham as his second incarnation as the devourer of the worm and blah, 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 blah. 
And then it's like, okay, cool. That was pretty epic. You know, I care way more for certain models as a result of that. And then it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, there's Iona now. Iona yeah. the Unseen. And it's just like, cool. Who is this person? Yeah. Why do I care about... Uh, why is she now a... Th- why are now Tharn just casters? Like, what's her story? Who is she? Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, Iona the Unseen. Yeah, because you don't see her on the... You don't ever see her get in threat range. <laughs> <laughs> she just, just buffs people and then they kill people and you're like well this isn't satisfying yeah she's sweet i don't know i think she's good again but the only problem is that there's a uh, iona times two azazello exists and, uh, <laughs> oh yeah like now azazello like azazello has more fluff just because it's like he's zoro so it's just like okay just he's pig zoro cool <laughs> but yeah i i'd agree with you keith it's like that little like it's the complete package of like everyone's getting something the models have this like nice little fluff burr that like brings them a bit more to life. Like it's not like oh okay cool this now shows up. Um, they did have some of that that right quest. Like the problem is a lot of their stuff they had planned to try and address all of this kind of just fizzled out. Like their right quest thing, the crucible guard. Uh, sorry, not right quest. Uh, no quarter. The crucible guard no quarter entry like oh. goes through how the entire faction. Yeah, does it is. Pretty- it's that's sick. that's why I got into them is because that no quarter yeah. came out. I'm like I'm buying this faction. So but that was back. I mean I don't. I don't mean to be the guy who's coming in with the bad news, but that was back when, you know, Seacat still worked there. And he was like, say what you want about his ongoing narrative. Probably that it wasn't very good, but his world building was absolutely top notch. And that's yeah. like, he came that in. Is... I mean, War Machine is his, is, is his world. Like it was it, Matt Wilson's brainchild. It was a D&D campaign, I think, that, that Matt Wilson adapted. And that's where the, the world came from the first time around. But like, like Doug Seacat built it and he built yeah. it bl- brick by brick. And he's not he's not there anymore. So it's never going to be what it was. Yeah. Um, and I'm I... not sure that they're going to I'm not sure they could get anybody that's as good as he was at at like that sort of background information world building stuff. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I, that was actually my thoughts as well regarding that. Like, Iron Kingdoms is one of the best like settings in terms of it's especially to run a campaign. It's just fucking sick. Uh, their story, well, it's a little hamfisted. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it, it's a bit jarring as well, especially compared to how good the world is. And you're just like, okay, cool, we're gonna have a Saturday morning cartoon in basically what is effectively like the Middle Earth. You're like, yeah. uh, yeah. this kind of falls flat. <laughs> I believe. Yeah. We definitely have talked a lot more about fluff than I was expecting to on a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find that news, that news blurb, by the way. So it's uh, like I scrolled well, through their Facebook feed. It was like a tweet of a tweet. It wasn't even like, it was like a, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not on the general group. It's in the general group. It's not on private presses. It's uh, some yeah. guy walked up to the booth and was like, when are the War Machine books coming back? And then one guy was like, oh, you know, that, you know, this after the Orgoth, we plan on doing that. So, all right. I'm an old yeah. man and yeah. I'm just, I, I hate social media so it. much. No, I know, me too. I'll find it and post it. <laughs> I miss my damn forums and that, that actually had the news on it. And yeah. I'm just going to sc- scroll up a little bit. I posted it in this, the journal chat here. Some good old fashioned centralization. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Speaking of being a boomer, that's the other thing that I liked about the books. It's just the tactile. I don't care about the fluff. I mean, I kind of care about it. Like if I'm on the toilet making lists, like that long, eventually you read the fluff. But like, um, 
<laughs> I just like the tactile, like page by page. That's like usually the best way I inform myself of other people's stuff uh, versus, you know, I focus on Kador. But if I'll have a better understanding of like what's Crick's doing these days. And whereas yeah. with War Room, I'm like less inclined to like really go in and look through other people's. But if you just got a book and everything's kind of in those incremental installments where everybody gets things across the board, you kind of it's, it's just easier for me to yeah. keep my knowledge yeah. base at kind of a level. Yeah, you get to while you're like reading, say, Harkovich's like card and trying to figure out what's going on. You're also like, oh, he's got actually a pretty sick story. This guy's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Harkovich is not is actually a super boring caster, right? It's unfortunately how he is. He needs a bit of a fix, in my opinion. Yeah. But Harkovich, the character, is a fucking mad dude, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, and it's like, there's two pages devoted literally to this dude and a fluff story. And like, that sold him as a character for me. Like, I fucking got the model. And I remember what I was like thinking of playing him for a WTC back at the tail end of Mark II. And yeah. like, that was predominantly on the fact, like, I want this dude to be great. Like, it's, it's just mad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the case. Yeah, I do get kind of caught up on the like sold because, yeah, his rules are boring and he's got that weird, uh, that meat stick thing and yeah i like converted him to have like a, a piston hammer instead or i don't know i got like super into him just because of the fluff kind of resold me on him yeah there's literally a like half of the page is devoted to how his fucking giant mechano ham mace works <laughs> <laughs> for no reason <laughs> like it's just a it's just like a concept art drawing of like this is <laughs> this is the thing it's got these things on here because of course on your giant club you need extra club on it so it's got like yeah. freaking actuators that smash you like like you know cause blood force trauma <laughs> through magic yeah. and like you didn't need to do any of this but you did <laughs> high gumish will never use this fucking beat stick ever in his life <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if there's ever like the least useful fluff in the game all it has to do with warcasters melee weapons it's just like it doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Spin me a story about Haley's hand cannon. That thing has seen some action. <laughs> See, this is your signal privilege talking because, like, there's a whole part of like how Sorcerer's Hammer works, and believe me, Sorcerer's Hammer still sees a lot of use. As mm -hmm. does um, well, that's his face. Oh, you know, a, a certain gentleman by the name of Butcher McButcherson, the butcherous dude in town. That's fair. <laughs> now his blunderbuss doesn't really deserve a story, but that axe—that axe is literally part central part of his character. <laughs> the the one I miss is the Vlad Vlad sword and dagger. Those were like so huge, and then he just he kind of got downgraded to like what's he carrying now? A lance? Uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, this, yeah. Well, I, I think just for a final thing, it's just like so. Like there was, uh, I think Sorcia, like Sorcia's hammer. There was a point is like Sorcia's hammer literally doesn't work for anyone else apart from Sorcia, because apparently Sorcia is like the cold equivalent of a nuclear reactor, mm -hmm. and it just takes her latent cold energy and then converts it to a useful thing. Which of course in Kador means that you basically got an ice hammer, because you know, yay creativity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just like, oh, okay, cool. Hence why it's a tiny hammer that hits like the force of a Mack truck. Cool things. Isn't Harkovich the guy like when they uh, did the release of the fluff for him when the uh, Mad, not the Mad Dog, the Grolar took forever to come out? Oh, yeah. Out with some fluff. <laughs> I was like, oh, they, they finally released these things. I never thought they'd come out, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. It was so like on the nose. It was perfect. Yeah, that was good.
Okay, we but, should uh, possibly move on from fluff. <laughs> yeah, let's get to get into some games. So you had a, a, a small local event this past weekend, I, I hear, something like that? Uh, me? Well, it was about two weeks ago. We are a fluffy meta, I will admit, in okay. Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we only play fluffy lists. So yeah, uh, we had CanCon, which is our big tournament, which is... It hasn't run for two years on account of COVID, and it sort of, to me, marked the beginning of things going... Like, at that time, like, the biggest thing we had to deal with was CanCon getting cancelled at the time because of bushfires. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when that was the thing? Well, I certainly do. Like, <laughs> when <laughs> your office at work is smoking up because there's, there's like, well, not even office, like, a freaking, like, casino is smoking up because smoke from a bushfire is overwhelmed the air conditioning system. By the way, we're in the middle of the city. The fires are out, cold, like, miles and miles away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things, things get interesting. But yeah, anyway, um, so, you know, two years of basically it getting cancelled last year, and then we weren't sure it was going to run this year, but it ended up going ahead. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, I, I've been busy at work, and I ended up picking up COVID myself over the New Year's period. So Oof. I had like fuck all in terms of practice, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this will be, you know, Let's go. Nice warm-up event. It's kind of the equivalent of going like, all right, I haven't played in a while. Let's uh, let's go and jump into Warfare Weekend. That's where we'll practice. <laughs> hmm. And you're totally great. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, she spoilers. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have a yeah. loser on here. Well, <laughs> well, we were going to have the person oh. <laughs> last. Nah, Jeff anyway. couldn't make it, sadly. But I'll stand in for Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's a stand-up dude. and he oh, Jeff's the best. Yeah, fantastic, man. But yeah, um, I took Cardor, of course, because there wasn't anything else I was probably going to take apart from maybe borrowing a friend's Crucible Guard, but then everyone else was playing CG, so I couldn't be bothered. Nice. <laughs> and let's be real, we've had a dynamic update. Things that were... Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in that. Like, uh, I, I'm not 100% sure where they fit, but I'd say Cardor comfortably in the top five and could probably be in the top three of factions. Um. There's just a lot going on there, and that's before, and that's including Karchev 2 to some degree, but it's also just in general what they got was, so like, for instance, if we were talking about, we were talking earlier about Signar and woe, like, woe is me kind of thing. I think the main problem with Signar is that the simple fact is every faction got a focus, and it was usually on one of their worst themes, um, or like lesser played themes, and in Signar's case, it was basically Sons of the Tempest, which is still Sons of the Tempest. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like, I mean, they could have focused instead on, say, Storm, like, more on, uh, like, Trenches, honestly, would have done well for that. A bit more on Storm Division, just to clean some things up that's been changed between how the update they initially released went to how it currently looks like now, because now there's a bunch of models you can't exactly take. Uh, Acosta comes to mind. That guy was a fucking Giga Chad, and now you kind of can't play him, because six yeah. points a lot. Yeah. But... Kador instead, like, I was kind of worried they'd do the same thing and be like, oh, fuck, they're going to just put all the buffs into Iron Fangs, and it's just like, I'm going to be forced to play fucking Iron Fangs again, and they're going to kind of be okay at best. But no, they actually, instead, they spread it out a lot, and the main three themes, Iron Fangs did get touched, they probably didn't get touched nearly enough, but they still did. Um, the big ones that were looked at were uh, Winter Guard and Armored Core. And to a lesser degree, there was like generic improvements overall, which was nice. Um, 
And that probably leads us, I, I think we'll start, if we're going in like with a list pairing process, I was always thinking of just like, look, when you're playing Kador, you tend to want to make two lists. You want to make you want to make a brick as one of yours because Kador just naturally makes good bricks. You have armor 20 cheap heavies and you have a lot of stuff that's just decently armored and you've got casters that support it. And Karchip 2 is kind of the continuation of a series of trends where they've been more inclined to emphasize the armor aspect because it's easier for other factions to break it in general. But yeah, um, you tend to also want something that plays well into guns. And then traditionally you paired it with something that was more melee, like infantry focused. Could be melee, could just be light infantry in general. Uh, could be, frankly, man of war. <laughs> uh, but you'd kind of go with that pairing so that you'd have a little bit of inbuilt list chicken and you'd also sort of play into better fa different factions. Like back in, the easiest example is back in Mark II, you kind of had a list for things like Sigma where you needed answers to things like gun mages and Haley too and then you had a list to kind of play into cricks because you needed you know you, you didn't want exactly bricky stuff into cricks when they're just like okay that's uh that's a very cute thing you've just put i've just put negative seven on and also shadow bound <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know fun things like that yeah so i guess we'll start with like uh, to, for my pairing was Karchip 2 and Erosk 2. It was Karchip 2 in Jaws of the Wolf and was Erosk 2 in Stalingrad, which is a colloquial term for Winnegard Command with a fuck ton of models. Um, so Karchip, like, I, knew, I looked at it and knew going in, when I read through what they changed with Winnegard Command, the first thing I thought about was, oh my fucking god. Because, <laughs> um... Winnegard Command Stalingrad kind of, like, I played it kind of in uh, the WTC 2018, um, the one we won in Poland, and the last WTC we as a Team Australia were able to play. We're keen for this year for what it's worth, but the one yes. that we were going to got cancelled, which was 2020, and 2021 obviously didn't happen either. But as a result of that, um, one of the things that sort of changed in the meta was you had things like, say, well, frankly, you had Archons come out and you had more access to sprays and Grievous Tuft and all, specifically things like, say, the Void Archon. And while you could kind of play into it still, you now had better or different lists that you sort of wanted to take. So as a result, and also the meta was a little different. You kind of wanted things that you got out of Wolves of Winter instead of what you got out of Winterguard. Winterguard kind of gives you basically guns, and we were in a time when things like, say, Storm Raptors existed. And it's like, okay, good luck shooting a Storm Raptor with negative eight range with your range eight guns. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's also kind of so, okay, now you've got to play into Menoth with free initiates. Like, okay, good luck killing initiates with your guns. You know, the free shield guarding unit under something like, say, Harvey or, frankly, if anyone's this is a bit of a side tangent. If anyone's heard of Australian War Machine, it's also known as War Machine Libertarianism, which is pretty much the as well as telling Keith earlier. It's like, all right, so that support model, all of it's useless. Cut it. You know, uh, Genuine Warcaster, get in the trash. Completely useless. Why would you put Arcane Shield? Just, just don't. You know, just don't die instead. Right? Oh, you need Arcane Shield to keep your castle alive. No, nah, that's better. Just die. It's actually. I'd rather just die than spend money on Arcane Shield. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of it is just like, that's kind of optimization is what sort of things went for. And then it, it culminated in the fact where we're like, why would you bother with this useless piece of crap hobby? 
she's shit, get her in the trash, put someone like Krios 3 there instead, right? Your list is going to win on attrition anyway, you're playing fucking Menoth and you're up 21 points and several buffs for no reason, so just play the guy who kills a heavier turn and can't die himself. And then your opponent literally has no way to win. And that's how somehow Krios 3 became the best Menoth caster in Australia, and it was actually horrifying. Did it. Which is bizarre, because like after they pulled Warpath off his card, I was like, what is the point of this? It turns out when you have an Arcane Ward, your caster is now immune to spells, and when you have Initiates, your caster is now immune to guns, and when you're actually pretty tanky in melee, especially for a Menoth caster, you're kind of immune to punches as well. And then, yeah, yeah you just run around the table just doing Krios things. So... All of that culminated in Kedor, like, we went away from Winnegard Command, we went, like, basically everyone was playing Wolves, and in part was for things like, you kind of needed answers for these kind of things, and the best dude to do it tended to be Vlad too, and that was for a bunch of reasons. Infernals was probably the biggest one, it used to be there was a lot more fair variety in Wolves lists, and then it sort of became Vlad too, because, look, there was a, like, pre-nerf Infernals, they were fucking, I mean, they still are an excellent faction, but they were very, very strong, right? It turns out one of their few bad matchups was, in fact, Doom Reapers. Hence the whole thing of, like, well, you can play now. Your Infer- it forces your Infernal Spider to consider playing, like, Zadaroth and Sloan. So that was a fun time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you just kind of mind-game them into thinking, you don't want to play Sloan, right? You're just going to get bored out of your mind. And then they drop Zadaroth anyway, and then you drop Vlad into them, and then you'd have a good time. <laughs> But yeah, so we've moved away from that. Um, Void Archons, Infernals, a lot of this stuff I've been talking about, and Manoth, for instance, as well, it's all changed. It's not in the same spot. And as a result, and a lot of things instead in, say, other parts got better. Um, the thing with Winnegard specifically that got them good is that instead of, like, pretty much it was a case of Assault Commandos and this getting insanely more accurate. Like, it's comfortably, it's quite easy to put a plus four, att- a, like, uh, accuracy swing on anything. Uh, sorry, it's plus three easily, uh, plus one to three, and then occasionally more. And then you have sometimes natively higher, more, like, accurate troops because Riflemen are cheaper, and then they also added, made AKs insanely cheap and tagged them as Winter Guard. And this has done a couple of things. For anyone who hasn't looked at Assault Commanders currently, and I can't exactly blame you, like, the only reason I have AKs is because I won them as, like, charity prizes at a tournament once. And I bought some of them secondhand for cheap. (laughs) And I rocked up the CanCon. I'm like, well, we've got two units of AKs now. What has our (laughs) life come to? Turns out our life is pretty good. Um, So, I, honest, honest to goodness, I actually picked CanCon as the like, all right, this is my first test of this list. I'm going to put what I think works based on my past experience, and we're going to give it a run and see. Um, so the list I ended up going was a Rusk 2. I had a Spriggan and a Marauder and a Wardog. I'll get into the Wardog in a bit. Um, the solo package is two of the artillery captains, which now have veteran leader for no reason instead of their old useless effect. Uh, and Joe and Alexia t- one uh, two because of course it's me. It's I'm just going to put Alexia two in literally any list I can if I don't put Alexia one in there first. Um, we had two max units of AKs, each with a flamethrower. We had two minions of riflemen, each with a max complement of rockets, and a max unit of Winnegard infantry with just their UA and two mortars. Uh, so for what it's worth, that's a roughly fifty-six-ish models. 
uh, not counting Alexia's thralls. Um, it all has tactician. The doggo I literally put in because I remember the good old days where you actually took the war dog in a Rusk 2, or I certainly did as a Gatsby 2 thing you did against Gatsby 2. Because with tactician and counter charge, it gave you a nice six inch bubble where bile thralls couldn't be used. Because, hey. you know, you excarnate, put a bile thrall, it walks up and you're just like, cool, I counter charge it. <laughs> <laughs> and against every, and I'm like, that's originally what I put it in. And then I noticed that actually, if you just have a counter charging war dog in your list with return and tactician, you basically get a free mat six power 11 hit every turn. And that's not nothing, as it turns out. So it's a literally an attrition piece. <laughs> um, so that's what we looked at. Uh, honestly, heart to goodness, the list has is going to go through changes because that was like the first test run and it was based on my old style. And as a result of how AKs work, for anyone not aware, Assault Commandos are A, cheap, and B, now tagged as Winnegard, which means that they benefit from Kovnik Joe's buffs. And obviously, the big one is fucking Bear's Strength. So... AKs on their card are mat 6, power 9, which doesn't sound good. But when they charge, they go to power 11. And when you put best fucking strength on them, they go to power 15. Oh, and then shit. you put battle lust on them, and they go to power 15 weapon masters. And then they still have assault. And they either do assault with power 10 pew-pew guns, which are sometimes good. I mean, there are lists that will just die to that. But they also have a gas attack where it pretty much stops living models from removing damage and having tough. So there's a lot of lists that just fall over due to AKs basically gassing the list and then something else shooting them and just all dying, right? Uh, also, AKs, as, are they, as they always pretty much have been, have immunity to corrosion and fire. They have shield wall, which now shield wall has been buffed. If you shield wall and you don't make an attack, you can forfeit your combat action to move faster which means that it's super flexible because it means that you can walk up and shoot with your unit, but any of the guys who were not in range to go and fuck something up can now instead move faster and leapfrog, so you still get that scenario present. Um, so for anyone who's never played it or had the mispleasure of playing against it, uh, Stalingrad is, functionally speaking, a hyper-flexible gun line that clocks you. It ideally also clocks your opponent, and it also puts an insane amount of scenario pressure in the event that they don't have good answers to your bag of tricks. Um, but it cannot be overstated. Just like the list that the rule that makes that list work is not, funnily enough, the no knockdown tough. It's actually tactician, and it's sick. Um, so that was what we tried. And to pair it, we of course looked at our old favorite, our new favorite, which was Karchev. It was originally going to be Karchev 1, and then they released a Riot Quest version that came in, and that was Karchev 2, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure all of you guys have talked about at length. Do you have anything you want to add before we go on to him? Or? <laughs> you go for it. All right. Well, no, nothing, Nigel. No, all right. Oh, no, I mean, so I can, I, there's a ton of I'd like to. Oh, well, so no, 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 let's let's let's, let's just do, stop for a bit before we go into Kachip yeah, too. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so like the assault commandos, yeah, I've been loving them. Uh, I don't know how relevant. I think trolls are like, disgusting right now, and the assault commandos are like, Pow fifteen is amazing, and then they just go with so many dudes, and then also just yeah, I don't know if you you brought it up at the early point, but you didn't sandwich it with the Grigorovich part, which that they're winter guard and they get the plus one to hit from veteran leader from those stupid artillerist dudes and then that actually helps their assault shots which are actually problematic typically uh because it's like they usually just whip their gas grenade and nothing but like it's just strangely that plus one gets it over the hump where like a third of them hit and that's enough gas to like eliminate tough on whatever they're fighting also they can't get they can't get healed or if they've got uh you're fighting those uh 
failed experiments. Uh, they're just such a good unit now. They're like so good. And then the shield, the shield wall buff makes them super yeah. clutch. So like, yeah, no, I, I uh, totally love them. I think like if trolls do what I think they're eventually going to do, you're going to like, everybody will have to have a list of like a, a unit or two of those in them. But like, yeah, they're just great. I don't take that. I kind of got off the flamers though. I just don't, I hate that the flamer doesn't have a regular attack. That's like super tilts me. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had some thoughts on that because I noticed that the flamethrower to me is a funny model because so it basically, despite what it looks like, despite the entire assault commander unit having assault, the flamethrowers do not, they just have gang uh, gunfighter. And this was kind of like a thing they did to probably stop you assaulting and flamethrowing things. Cause they thought that was a bit much. And yeah. then, of course, they gave the, you know, Winnegard UA fucking assault on the spray, but we'll get into that later. Um, what I found with the flamethrowers is that they're either, they're binary. They're either, like, the fucking tits, or they're actually dead weight. And you know what? If they're dead weight, excellent. Guess who's volunteering to stand in front of the other AKs? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <be> debate. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Like... Because of the way that they are actually the cheapest part of that unit, cool, congratulations. Get in front, lads. Mm-hmm. And in the event that they're good, and let's be real, there are going to be situations where you assault when the AKs, like I had a situation against Jeff in the finals where I pretty much set it up so that I could use the um, shield wall predominantly to get the AK guy, one of the AK flamethrowers, to barbecue one of my own winner guard and a bunch of his Rissivus. Uh And this was after I already shotgunned a bunch of Rissivus down in the preceding turn. But it was like... Mm-hmm. it. That was the only use I had for that Assault Commando in that particular matchup because the rest of his list was War Jackson shooting and a bunch of things. And guess what happened with the other unit where that thing... Guess guess who was standing right in front of the Trident? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's why I think you can get with the three units. And I think you do with, the, with something like, say, Erosk 2, because of the Tactician, you can sort of... You keep the Flamethrowers alive randomly in the back somewhere if you know that you're going to need them, right? Because mm-hmm. the rest of the, U- the AK unit does a completely different thing. Like, they're a counter-punching murder machine. Their threat range is short, but they're, like, anything they charge is probably dead. Um, yeah. Especially, as you pointed out, like, trolls, it's like, it's, when you've got things like Madrak 3 rolling around, um, good old, like, uh, there's a couple of brick lists as well, you know, Cold Grammar doing her thing. When you have access to a unit like AKs, um, to pretty much give you like what AKs do is they they give you rules like rules in all caps, which is one of the things that uh, when you're looking for lists in general in War Machine, you kind of want to gravitate to ones the ones with more random rules because that tends to be how you counter random problems in the meta. So like you know if metal's a problem, congratulations, you're looking for things with like um, the no tough bubble entropic force things like say I don't know. Void Archons, Grey Lord Escorts. Does this seem to ring a bell with a list that we were playing about six months ago? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, that seems to be familiar. Yeah. So now it's sort of gravitating like, cool, now you have this unit like seems to have immunity to fire and corrosion. It has shield wall and has this gas that seems to completely fuck living beasts. It's just like, is there like a circle list or something that people have been getting too big for their breaches about? Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. That's okay. Let's not point out who did what to who. Slow down. <laughs> Actually, that is one of my biggest regrets is I did not do that to that. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So... That's what that's the thing with the flamethrowers, and yeah, you're right. Like Rat Seven as a baseline, and Matt Seven is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It means that Joe now doesn't have to buff for accuracy. It's just like cool. Bear strength is now 
It's going in. We're going ham. And in the event you do need accuracy, this changes to the Spriggan, giving it flair. And the fact you still have access to random knockdown fix that problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the slot, like, uh, when, the, when the update came out and I saw that they changed to Winter Guard, you know, Irisk is perfect. Like, it's such a great uh, callback caster to kind of pair with them. Um, especially in a list that's like a gunline list where they can either, you know, counterpunch or slash shield ball front or you know just the whole thing is like sweet but um like you know if you're sorcia two you're excited about them if you're malakov you're excited about them if you're strack off one you're excited about them like there's just god they just go with everybody kozlov 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 is disgusting yeah uh one other secret buff that's also being is it basically means that as long as you have ak's around and again like look in the event that they're fucking useless you just keep the flamethrowers back in the event you're playing like, because of the fact they're Winner Guard, it means that you have Sack Pawn to fire and corrosion immune models as yeah. part of that thing. So, congratulations trying to fucking use flamethrower, like spray, fire sprays, Legion Archangels, and whatever to kill a Cadal Caster in that thing. Because yeah. just like none of the shots will do anything to that caster unless Ew. they really position badly. And it means that, okay, taking assassination on the table in such a way, especially for. Not necessarily a Rusk, because he's just usually surrounded with a dude ball. In the event that he's really feeling threatened, he'll just dive into an Artifice of Deviation cover. But something like, say, Kozlov, right? Kozlov loves dying. He loves it more than killing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've played Kozlov, and you've seen just yeah. how he has negative focus. Like, if Kozlov was focus 7, that caster would probably be... I'd probably play him. But I tried so hard, but focus 6... But it's also... He's focus 6 for a reason. Like, his fucking kit is insane. Right. Yeah. And he oh like if he was focus seven, you'd be like a lot of his problems would go away, but the low control area, the fact that he wants to spend so much of his stack just making things murder everything, the fact that he can do it, frankly. Right? Like you want to yep. see something die, watch assault commanders at power eighteen, double weapon master, fucking charge and murder the shit murder shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got one of the few buffs that will affect mo- like may affect whole units, right? Um, that's why Heat Kozlov, for instance, is also good at, say, running Kyazi Assassins, because he can get them to do, like, uh, he can get them to charge further on a bulk scale, whereas, like, the only real threat, most of the threat extenders in Cardor tend to be for singular models. Surprise, surprise, it's Jax, and it's also Battle Group. Yeah. Um, it's just generally a thing you don't have. Anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, sort of where that list came on, and I, I like, I legitimately, I took it as, versus a playtest experiment, and second, also, because I needed, like, that's not a list I'd feel comfortable playing on War Room. For one, I'd like to have friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do if I rock up to, say, your league and, like, okay, here we go. I've got well, fucking Duras 2 with do Alexia it. 1, and I've basically decided to put as much fucking meat on the table. I'm going to play it on War Room, and we're probably not playing on Clock. It's like, no, you, you kind of need Clock. It's like one of those lists that almost requires Clock to balance it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to anyway, ask how much. Uh, did you practice with it a lot at home? You must have. I uh, practiced it a bit, but mostly I was relying on the fact I practiced a shit ton of it, like a fucking half a year's worth back in 2018. And some of that muscle memory comes back. It changes because the list is very different, right? But there was reasons I built that list the way I did and why I didn't exactly go ham on rockets. And I still had a unit of Winnegard infantry randomly, which seemed like a lot of people cut it or like, I didn't understand why it was there. But it's like, you kind of just need a unit sometimes to just walk up and do a fucking 10-man C-mat, 
C-R-A, and then fucking repo three to get into the spots and then just move on with your lives. Also, <laughs> as it turns out, with AKs, you kind of want a unit that isn't AKs standing in front so that when they go and engage and charge that unit, you can then countercharge them with your AKs. Yeah, one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that brings us to Karchev 2, which I paired with this, because I figured, of course, what do you pair with a degenerate list is you pair it with another degenerate list. Good so news. I I did actually practice this one on War, war uh, sorry, on, um, sorry, not War, war Table. War Table, war table <laughs> yeah. This is like practice on War Room. Yeah, I fucking spent, I spent thousands <laughs> and hours, hours in the dojo war reading. looking at, yeah. Um, <laughs> Funnily enough, I played uh, the like the one war table game I played with this. I tried it in Winterguard Command. I really I had a really sick ass Beast 09 that I really wanted to fucking play, and I tried it in Winterguard Command, and I played into uh, some guy playing Wormwood, and I'm um, mm-hmm. like, everything went wrong because it was just like you know I could have had an easy answer. I literally took everything to make it harder for myself. Right? We don't have the theme, so Wormwood's feet is good. We don't have any of the tools that make it. We don't have any shooting, so all of his support gets the, well, not the shooting that would work into Wormwood. So his support gets to stay alive. We don't have the adjunct, so his clouds from Peruga Zero are now relevant. And then it was just like, oh, okay, so this is... Uh, it was a good game to have. Like, I ended up losing that one after having to commit Karchev and eventually getting, like... I thought I'd be fine, and then it was like, because of the fact I couldn't kill enough of his stuff and break his stones, uh, he ended up getting two heavies onto me, so the one I thought he would, and then, okay, cool. But... Had I even survived, it's arguable I probably would have lost anyway on scenario just down the track, so it's much of a muchness. Um, but it did it did show me a couple of things. So first things first, anyone who says Karchev 2 is boring to play or do whatever is actually, I think, not quite doing it right. Because by... Look, just because your caster is a degenerate armored brick doesn't mean it's not fun to play. I mean, if we had, if that was the case, then people wouldn't play Doomy Three, right? Yeah. But Doomy Three was a fucking sick ass dude back in the day, and people wouldn't play trolls. But you know, trolls, as you say, Nigel, are fucking good. (laughs) Now, the ring that makes Karchev Two actually interesting, realistically speaking, is one: he has a speed feat, which threat extension by nature is usually something that gives you. Like, it gives you flexibility. It's one of the reasons we don't, say, play Butcher 1, but we do look at the guys like Strakov and like, fuck yeah, give me some more of this fucking S specials S. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> in fact, when that Karchev 2 first came out, my first thought was actually, finally, it's a version of Strakov 1 I can play that I can actually play for the long game. Because that was always something that annoyed me was that Strakov 1, as much as you hate to admit it, right, and as much as a lot of the, his game is about holding his feet, just an alert. Kinda, I'm, I'm going to want to argue with this next point. I'm just going to stop. You can work around it, right? But yeah. a lot of the time, sometimes you just need to pop the feet, right? And you just mm-hmm. kind of need to play. You, you need to do damage quickly. And that's not always how the game is going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now, Behemoth also saw one of my lists that my mate Jack was running, who, which was like, it was the dopiest list. It was like in fucking Armored Core with three units of Hammermans and a Victor and two Juggernauts. And then it was just like, yeah, but you just put Sentry on the Victor and then that get, makes them come to you. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a point, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, okay, finally, we could run a Jack Brick and we're going to be fast. And I don't have to rely on Warpath to trigger stuff like Karchev 1 does. And maybe it'll be good. Um, and surprise, surprise, it's good. So the version I settled on with, because I also noticed that I kind of also didn't want to bore myself to death. And the way you avoid that with 
Karchiv too, I think, is you add a bit of shooting to like flex it out. So my list ended up being Behemoth, Destroyer, uh, Devastator, sorry, the Clamjack, two Juggernauts, two Marauders, Sorcerer Zero running another Marauder. Um, we had an adjunct, I think I said that, ah, whatever. Karchiv has an adjunct. And for sol other solos, we've got a Widowmaker Marksman and Widget 1, in case anyone doesn't know, that's the right quest mechanic lady with wings and yeah, Rainbow 3. Awesome. She is very good. Yeah. Uh, and two Kyazi Eliminators. So there's no Cossites in this list because it was basically, to me, a choice between Behemoth or Cossites, and I figured... So I figured I wanted... If I'm going to play this into circle, and that might be necessary because, one, you've got a certain James Morehouse who lurks around. My and two, let's be real, like, sometimes... <laughs> like, let's be real, some, like, Clouds is not an uncommon thing. Like, also existing mm. in the meta is, say, Lucas. And I'm not exactly comfortable playing Karchip 2 into Lucas, but it might be necessary, right? Especially because I wasn't exactly sure how... I'm still not entirely sure how, like, Erosk 2 plays into that. I have a feeling it might be okay, but it's like, do you really want to test that at a big tournament? It's like, no. well, no. <laughs> no, you don't. So, the adjunct is there, and if you're taking the adjunct with Behemoth, it's just a really nice flex in slots in, plus it gives the cut... Karchev, funnily enough, really does actually like that upkeep because for a guy with eight focus, he spends a lot of it, right? And he spends it well, but he does actually, he appreciates having more. Uh, and the second thing that makes Karchev kind of interesting is actually... Um, Them. Having meat for the beast gives you some out of activation flexibility and tricks, and it kind of gives you that little bit extra you need to that you kind of. Sorry, may I take that back? Karchev two kind of doesn't need any of this because of how he is. I mean, he's a fucking eight focused dude who's also a warjack, right? With fucking locked horns. But if he didn't he have that, yeah, he'd just yeah. be Harkovich though. If he didn't, yeah. so it's like. And then at that point, I'd probably be ditching him for someone more interesting. I'd frankly probably yeah. just ditch him for Karchev 1 instead, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's kind of how that all came together. Um, I hate mechanics in, by and large in general, but I figured that it's probably going to be necessary. And the one that doesn't get trampled underfoot and also solves a problem in your list, which is that you generally need solos for scoring, would be Widget. So I picked Widget. And mm. she's also nice and cheap, and I wasn't using that Merc slot for anything else. I mean, it could have been Kel Baylock, but then... You run into some problems. And it means also that having access to a mechanic in the list with a brick is, especially a jack brick, is kind of nice because it means that they can't half kill your stuff. They have, they have to go all for it. Because let's just say they rip out everything but your cortex, right? Now that jack is still a threat. Because, you know, this lady with wings can walk up, bat, like glue the arm back on, and then suddenly you have a fully functioning juggernaut that's ready to rock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question. How much have you guys played into or with or against Karchev and specifically the Jack kind of bricks of him? Because I know, Nigel, you've been playing some wonky shit because we've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been doing more of a combined arms thing with them. I think I, the most Jacks I've taken with them is like five. But that's, again, only because I recognize that taking... Going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that taking A plus just is like the Harkovich rule. I didn't want to go straight back to like that that sort of mode of gaming right away um if that's what the meta's at where it's like i just have to bring it to do it but like currently i'm like oh you know he can take two min units of cossites and the behemoth and some other random stuff and maybe but 
and it's been even with five, it's been okay. Like I definitely feel a little underpowered against because everybody can skew their armor. Their, you know, if they see Karchev, they're going to bring their armor cracker list, and then you're not bringing the redundancy to get over the hump with it. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've assembled the Crix variant of it, which is like. I know Whaley plays it a bit different, but I think I've got like two inflictors and six slayers and some other stuff. But yeah, oh, yeah. and a, a reaper or something. But yeah, it gets up to that like flirting with ten warjacks if you're counting Karchev and Asphyxius four as warjacks, which you probably which could. you which you definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like ten, eleven heavies. But yeah, it definitely looks. I mean, it looks like the upgraded version of the you know ten slayer nine list that I was yeah. nine slayer list that I was playing LVO before yeah. the, the the apocalypse started well that's actually it's funny we mentioned the crix one because it's it's something i've noticed because i don't think me and whaley if we're on the same team can play karchiv two at the same time i believe that's how the rules currently work with casters that are actually identical like that is you can play all WTC? Two for wtc yeah. and team oh, events wow. but just in general yeah. as well like yeah. it's something i've also been thinking about the role of say karchiv two in crix versus his role in kador because his role in Cardor is very different to his role in Crix. In Crix, he's a he's an answer to a problem that they generally have, which is things like, say, Crucible Guard, um, because of the fact that you can ta- or you can tailor him to whichever answer you need. Because either you take him in um, Slaughter Fleet for extra punch punch, because you're going to have you're still going to have Gatsby Four to give you the flank you need, <laughs> and other fun things there. Or you can take him in Black in- Industries, Black Industries, in order to get the Carapace and basically have like the world's best anti-shooting list, right? Now, admittedly, there are some problems there, as it turns out, Whaley found out when he died to Gigantor by only Gigantor only killed one model, but he did put like minus six on Karchev quite comfortably, right? I say comfortably though, is like Karchev moved a tiny bit out and then got TK'd forward and slammed into something and then it was all over Red Rover. And I think yeah. he got TK'd close enough to a shield guard that didn't matter if it's shield guard, he was still under Dragon's Breath. Um, uh, yeah, but it is still a thing with Karchev in Crix is that you still got this like, uh, you can tailor him however you want. In Cardor, he's more of a brute force guy, but he has his own different kind of tricks. I mean, obviously, the Kador Heavy is kind of better for his his stat line than, like, the Crix Heavy. It's just a simple fact. Um, the, yeah, the speed is way more potent when it doubles your speed than when it adds two, right? Like, it feels a lot sure, better. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel, yeah. Um, the big thing, actually, with feet, funnily enough, is uh, its effect on Clamjacks. Um, that was certainly something I found during... Um, during my testing and also during the games I played with him. So in case anyone isn't aware, because this feat just increases your speed by eight, and because you're in Jaws of the Wolf, you've got a Pathfinder on everything that isn't Karchev. Um, sorry, you get Pathfinder in your jacks. So you can have this Devastator run 16 inches and start bulldozing stuff, right? And if that Devastator is close enough to the lines, that actually means that you can run in and bulldoze things backwards, especially... You know, and you're good luck trying to stop an armor 23, 25, or 27 Devastator with free strikes, right? It, unless you've got stationary on a stick, you're not. And it can push something into threat range for the rest of the list to fuck up. And you never have to do this, ever. In fact, I only told people about it. Like, I told Whaley, it's like, uh, you're going to have to move Gatsby back. And he said, why? It's like, because Gatsby's dead otherwise. I'm going to run in and push him through into the forest where I can see him now and then charge him with two heavies. <laughs> And 
I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. and then Bailey moved it back. <laughs> yeah. Right? But that's the thing. You just tell people, tell them there, and then they'll do all the work for you, just freaking out. Um, but yeah, that climb jack, funnily enough, I don't think you need more than one. I think it's a bit like... It's complete overkill if you do, but my god, does that thing give you both the flexibility and it gives you the scenario presence you kind of need because you're still playing a Kador list, right? You're playing a Kador Jackbreak and you have your scenario capabilities are somewhat limited. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not talking Winner Guard here. We have infinity dudes with infinity solos because you've got Alexia in the back somewhere and she's churning out bodies <laughs> into throw warriors ready to go stand on flags and wave a Kador the Kate or Anvil and getting you some control points, right? Uh, this is a one where people can still, you know, do annoying things like, say, move your models, which is disgusting, and slam your models, also disgusting. And generally speaking, try and avoid having to actually kill models in order to score points, right? Again, all horrible things that need to be removed from the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the first part of, like, that Clamjack really puts a stop to that like against uh in a game we'll get into probably um against grimkin against Batesy, i managed to i just he, he found out about the new rules of the grimkin of like the devastators like what the actual fuck like the fact that it keeps blowing it keeps uh you can keep using reign of death and it doesn't count as opening up so as reign of deathing his like uh dread rots uh, while i was in his zone on bunkers and he's like, yeah, so it's open now, so I can kill her. I'm like, no, it's not open. Still armor 25. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Still armor 25. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is uh, Behemoth. In any case, anyone obviously hasn't played, seen Behemoth. All he got changed was he dropped five points, but it turns out that's kind of kind of good. Oh, I thought he got a powerful attack on his melee attacks too. Or is it, oh, yeah, that super doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean... It kind of does-ish if you're fighting casters, but let's... First of all, if you're playing Karchev, all your melee attacks, the attack rolls are boosted. The damage not being boosted isn't that big a deal. I mean, what are you boosting damage with Behemoth on, anyway? Yeah. Um, your opponent's Warjacks, I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, yeah, or tell allowing me to say, you can buy an attack with your fucking Pope Rocket Fist third and keep putting <laughs> Rocket Fist into <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. fair. And the second is he gives you just a nice anchor because he'll be base. He just prints infinite value over the course of the game. And you've got all of his like henchman warjacks to get through, the clamjack, the juggernauts that probably go out and try and trade away first, uh, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, like, they have, look, this is not exactly going to be it's a super revolutionary list. It's Karchev with seven heavies. The fact it's not eight heavies is technically a bit of a, like an indulgence, but it's kind of actually hard to get eight heavies in a functional list in Kador, I've noticed. Because unlike Crix, yeah, you, you have to pay points have... for yours. Yeah, that's a, a bit gross, but also you kind of need... a second. It's more Aren't like you... the tool. Yep. Well, just wait, 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 wait. Are you, you, Chris Davies, you're telling me at this moment now, it is hard for Kador to build a functional list with more than eight heavies. What did you win uh, War Machine Weekend with? Uh, yeah, if you're counting Mad Dogs as heavies, you can 14 fucking go for it. Mad Dogs. <laughs> it was, actually, it was nine Mad Dogs. Fucking, this is what people, I only played nine Mad Dogs because I put real heavies in the list. Which at the time was considered revolutionary, which to me, like, I had nine Mad Dogs two Kodiaks for the Cloud Wall and to run in further and a Juggernaut. And you know what? It was fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Because it turns out when you don't feed, your Mad Dogs do precisely fuck all and that 
back in the day, Karchiv, one's feet gave you boosted attack and damage, right? And it turns out they remove the attack part, you're stuck with Mat 6 fucking Mad Dogs, where if you boost, you run the risk of exploding. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, tension up. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yes, and I, I haven't really. Ex- I mean, that's definitely a path is we can go with more berserkers and mad dogs and kind of flex around and see if that is something there. There's probably something there in regards to say, uh, I'm going to say wolves of winter because you can fix all of the problems there with greylords, and you by the by can also give Karchev stealth, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's uh, currently so far. I'm not 100. I'm not sure it's better than the Jaws version. Like the Jaws version just works. It's like you know, peanut butter and it's a peanut butter and ham sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Sorry, it's hard to feel like you're on the right wrong track when your theme force gives seven heavies Pathfinder, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's it's you know, press button receive bacon. Like I mean, is it ever going to go wrong? <laughs> yeah. And you've got yeah. things like Cossarts as well to help fix it. Yeah, that, that is one of the things is like, look, the Behemoth can stay or go. I'd prefer it stays because it just is native synergy and it's fun. Plus, it also fixes one of Karchev's weaknesses, which is he doesn't have a strength buff technically. He has to sort of have his heavies natively kill things good. But, I mean, his heavies do kill things good, so congratulations. Uh, the other thing, too, is that Cricks don't have things like, say, Juggernauts. And when you fully boost a Juggernaut's attack, you will eventually freeze stuff. Uh, that's pretty good. It's actually one of the reasons a lot of the lists you'll see of Karchiv 2 in Cardor will lean towards having Widowmakers in them, usually just the Marksman, but sometimes you even see Old Grim or the unit come out. And the reason is specifically because after you're done freezing things, you either can just shoot something and finish it off like I did against Moops. I killed this Loki, which had two boxes and Spirit, and I'm like, okay, cool. Did anything but double ones, and your Spirit's out, and also you're dead, <laughs> right? Nice. Or in the event that you did actually just kill their spirit at some point with the attacks you made, you can just leave that heavy around, it can't activate the next turn, and then you can kill at your leisure, probably by accident with a free trigger of Abattoir at some point. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's a whole lot of me talking about a caster that's seven heavies and an armor buff. Nice. Cato uh, uh, or this building at its finest, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> before we move off it, though, I was going to ask, uh, what do you think its big weaknesses or if it has it? If you figure scenario, it out. For sure, scenario for sure, I actually think Crucible Guard is not a good matchup for it as well because mm. uh, the assassination, like, you can play it, but you need terrain on your side. The assassination threat as well against Karchiv himself is not great. Plus, look, Karchiv might be an armor brick, but he doesn't actually have an armor, great armor buff against guns. And you've got a threat range buff, which is nice, but it's not, it's not everything. And look, honestly, Karchev is overtuned. He probably is in need of one one fix or so, and we were talking about it. I think, funnily enough, he should have access to eight focus personally. So one thing that they changed with the feet, the speed, inc- the speed set to eight feet, is that the second component of it is now much, much stronger. It's, it's actually why it'd probably be, it's still good in Cricks, for instance, right? Even though it just gives you like a plus two or plus three speed buff functionally. It's because the, previously what happened was you just got a five-inch like slide, effectively. Like you got not placed. Uh, you got to move five inches with your entire battle group at the time. Karchev popped his feet, and then the second part that everyone kind of panned on was the fact that if you ended your movement after that slide in melee with something, 
you gained an extra focus point. Well, now you just get set to speed eight. And after you end your normal movement, like say after you've charged 14 or whatever inches, right? If you end in melee, you get a focus point. So on the feet turn, you basically are still going to be camping three to four focus quite comfortably. Um, however, in because also Karchev spends a shit ton of focus, that's not always like you get his one turn where he's going to be good to go. Otherwise, he's going to be having to have a strong consideration of whether to cast locked horns or full throttle. His other main, his main problem of why he's too good is his control area being 16 is kind of stupid. Like he's got a 16 inch range on locked horns. Yeah. So I had Karchev in my zone on bunkers and that Clamjack in the other zone on bunkers. And not even like up the toe. It was like pretty comfortably inside, so it couldn't just get easily slammed out. And still under, still under uh, unyielding, not even a problem. Still able to be allocated the next turn, so we could like charge and keep smashing. And still, in the event that I wanted to, be under full throttle and go punch his caster in the face. That part is not good. That so you either could reduce him from a functional focus eight caster or a functional focus seven, or keep him at his focus eight but reduce his control range to just twelve. Those were the two fixes we were thinking about it. If they do any of that, we'll see. Given how they might go, they might just, you know, kneecap him and call it a day, at which point, okay, we'll, we'll shed a tear for brave, brave Karchev, the most balanced caster ever to really release, <laughs> and then move on. <laughs> the, the wheels have, are gone. They can't hurt you anymore. Uh, well, those days, it's been, those days are done. That's not how I choose to think of it. I'd see, <laughs> to me, it's like, it's been a while since I got a model nerfed. In fact, the last model that got nerfed in Kato, I had nothing to do with, and that just won't do. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I do keep ruining your toys for you. <laughs> I like the kid. I, from it. I like the kid yeah. who basically goes in and just like pre-smashes everything you like. Uh, Karchev, the Karchev, I sort of, I'm, I'm falling in love with like the older guys. I will also, okay. So then, how about this then? Actually, you get Karchev nerfed. Just don't, don't touch Malakov. Leave him alone, and then, uh, and then we'll be totally good. All right, if Karchev get, gets nerfed in six months, uh, you've got six months after that. So you've got Son 12 of months. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, we'll see about Malakov. It's actually something that annoys me because I really wanted to play Armored Core because Armored Core, like, I fucking love Vlad 2, Armored Core. And look, let's be real, we were talking about it. Malakov, Armored Core is also pretty dope. Yeah. But, uh, but we have Crucible Guard and we have a couple of other things that just smash heavies for breakfast. Like, say, I don't know, this fucking circle have this thing called uh, a kruger something and apparently that means that all of their beasts are giga chads that just sm like eat <laughs> eat armor for breakfast and you're like yeah, yeah that's definitely the meta i want to play man of war into <laughs> yeah. yeah p kruger is pretty cool you're right yeah you're right oh uh, yeah <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> hey should but we yeah. uh, get into your games there i think you you did pretty well just there Turn i did yeah Oh, I'll run through them briefly. I'll try not to do the usual thing of just like going too deep into like the battle report thing because heaven knows we've certainly done enough of that with talking randomly about again big brain Kador plays like putting armor in your list and putting more heavies in your Karchev brick <laughs> and putting more infantry in your infantry list. All right, so I had I was just praying like I looked there and it turns out when you're in Australia it's a Shark Tank is the the rep and with good reason because like. The players that are good aren't good, and you'll probably start, like, it's one of the problems we sort of have in the fact that, like, I remember going to a local meta, like, 
playing some like this was about six or seven years ago it was like tail end of mark ii and i remember playing one of my teammates uh jeffrey trace lovely dude played trolls was meat mount playing meat mountain before it was cool even though the guy was was like 60 years old a fucking karate master if you ask anyone in australia who's like a old player about jeff trace they'll like have nothing but respect for the dude he was mad anyway we play in the finals of a tournament right Two weeks later, we're playing in a tournament and we're in the loser's bracket. O2, both of us. Nice. <laughs> because we're just, it's just like, oh yeah, what, what got you in? It's just like, oh, I got freaking, uh, what was it? I got three shaded with like a seppi and some revive nonsense. Like, cool, what got you? I was just like, uh, it was that new, what was it? Uh, <laughs> it was Signa. It was like that new Haley 3 with like the fucking all that shit. And I didn't have a good answer for it. It's like, okay, cool. All right, here we are again in the losers bracket. Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh yeah, and the second who got you the second round, Colin. Colin, it was just like Colin Hill. Like, yeah, of course it was Colin yeah. Hill. <laughs> Notorious cool. one and three player, Colin Hill. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's like Australian tournaments. So I was just like, I was hoping for AC round one, and I got a semi easy round one. I got uh, one of the camera locals, Gary, and it helped a lot because I was looking at his list. He was playing trolls. He had, but he was sorry air quotes that he was playing trolls his first list was carver in vengeance i believe oh, yeah. the second list was uh cold grammar i looked at it and i thought yeah i don't feel like i'm playing like one i kind of wanted to get practice like the whole point of being in cancon was to get practice games in with erosk 2 so here we are let's do it right it's not like i really needed that much practice with karchev 2 after the one game i had was pretty plenty i thought i'd need more but turns out it's like riding a bike putting heavies on the table smashing face yeah. And also just figuring out like the intricacies of meat for the beast because there's some like tricks you can do there, especially with the way his feet's changed. Anyway, so we we played Oroskin. He played Carver, which was convenient. Um, I was based on the fact that he had a gun carriage, and right behind it he had this guy called Tubbin, who, if anyone has never seen, is that right quest gobber that has tune up on a battle engine, <laughs> which is you know for a war wagon pretty good, even if you've got solid yeah. ground. But I mean, it's not as good as I play it, but I'm sure oh. he, you know he played he played he played a lesser version of Tubbins, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yep. and Tubbin, sadly for for me, Tubbin is just like why well, the fact he's five points is a bit of a shame because it, it is like, a shame. Yeah, I think I think like it's also I guess battle engines just because they weren't touching the dynamic update, and in fact the, a lot of them got nerfed. Battle engines to me are a bit dead for a while. Um, apart from the ones that were already really good. And sadly for Cardor, like a lot of their ones already kind of did get nerfed. Like the chariots got nerfed specifically because they lost advanced move. And that was literally their point of the list was to be an advanced deployed battle engine. And that was pretty nice. But so be it. Anyway, I'm aware you I'm aware again, look, I this is the sympathy cast I'm I'm quite aware of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sad the realist didn't get buffed, you know. So <laughs> 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 didn't get more buffed, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, more buffed, exactly. They need the it's points reduction so that they compete with the vindicator that they play right. alongside of. Wait, never mind. <laughs> so Thankfully, he doesn't. He doesn't do a swifty on me and drop cold grammar. He drops. Uh, he drops uh, Carver, and I proceed then to spend two turns tripping over myself trying to remember how to deploy a fucking Stalingrad list where all the things go. There's now more parts there. I'm looking at Alexia too. I'm like, you're great, but you're also giant, and you only collect within nine inches. And like the previous days where I had Alexia one, who's a small base model, 
even though she has a giant entourage behind it. Like, you just put the entourage at the back of the list and you're good, right? This one, it's just like, ah, uh, fuck, because I don't want you randomly shooting Alexio 2 off the table. That'd, that'd be gross. I, I want Alexio to make at least a million thralls, and preferably more. Yeah. Um, anyway, a couple of first turns as jockeying for position. Basically, he, the scenario was spread the net, which is the other reason I picked it, is because like I'd like the I'd like Eros to play on the scenario where he's probably going to have an insane advantage on account of you know he that's one part of Stalingrad is you just push scenario for all it's worth and you force your opponent into awful decisions because they're trying to wade through trash that will kill everything they love and hope hold dear. So. We're spreading out. Half of our thing is even the tough bubble, and we've basically got some forests in the way that we're hiding AKs behind because we plan is to go feet and charge. Um, eventually, like uh, uh, Gary moves forward and basically bricks up, and he gives me like an annoyingly lack not enough models. Like I, I pretty much put some bait out, which I think was some Winnegard infantry, and he killed it. But it's just like I only got three AKs in range of one heavy and three Ks in the other. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to go. So we feet, we walk up, we feet. If anyone doesn't know Eros 2's feet, it's actually bonkers. Like back in the, it's worse than it was back in the day, which is saying something. For anyone who doesn't know, the feet has a wall of text, but it basically allows your entire army to see through clouds and forests, gets Pathfinder to exploit that. And then in addition, it's a control range debuff that's model slash unit. Uh, and it's causes them to have minus three speed. So, I'll put, I'll put it this way. Back in the day, what we used it, what I used it for was if you took Einfang Pikeman and you Black Dragon Pikeman and you pop their mini feed and you feed it on a Crix opponent. First of all, it meant that Gatsby Two, for instance, could not feed on you that turn because anything that he feed it would do nothing because they'd pop into his feed, activate, and be on it, be stuck. So they can't run charge. Cool, done. Nothing. Second, oh, wow. in the event that your Crick's opponent actually tried to fight you, you had enough armor to tank Bane Knights. Bane Thralls were a little bit over, but you had tough, so you might have been okay. But you had actually enough armor to tank Bane Knights, which was often a surprise. It's <laughs> amazing. It wasn't perfect, obviously. Again, it's uh, still like it was one of the tools you did, but the fact is a control feat like that, especially because you could tag one model and say Unit of Satixis, and either that Satixis had to basically receive a summary execution or that unit was going nowhere they couldn't yeah the things that change from it for what it's worth is it no longer obviously stops charging because of the mark the changes to mark three and it used to also stop you receiving orders which is why the whole thing with the bane knights works but anyway uh so sad instead it's now just a minus three speed which frankly is still very good when you've got static threat ranges and your opponent can't manipulate Irosk's position. Um, this is where I make a fuck up. I I was still thinking like a normie plebritarian war machine player who has warjacks to kill other heavies, right? And so instead of putting my Spriggan in the fucking scenario zone and scoring points and having my Marauder as the bait, I commit both of them and into, of all things, Lord Carver's batten down the hatches warhogs. <laughs> you know, super smart things under Krillstone, of course, right? Yeah. I semi bounce. I, I didn't say I'd bounce because let's be real. Like with the amount of shooting I had, I was putting like I pretty much crippled one of his warhogs, and I committed the spring. Like, oh, the spring will finish it off, and it did not. <laughs> I think I did two things. Then I'm like, well, this is sucks, but I've already activated Eroska. I kind of want to see what even with three battle lusted assault commanders will do 
to a heavy, and three will do it on another heavy. You know what those guys did? Blew them both up. No more heavy. No more heavies. Oh, <laughs> I wow. killed one and I crippled the other and then I gassed it at the same time so it wasn't able to like heal. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I think these AKs are pretty good for what they do. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that was that was a, a lesson in there. Um, at that point, he proceeds to kill both my heavies trivially because Carver just popped his feet and then all of his warhogs went crazy. But... I was at this point also putting enough damage on his Warang and I was really able to finish it off. The Warang fucking... <sighs> Moment of silence. The Warang spent its... It managed to do one thing during this game, but it fucking killed the good boy dog. Killed the oh, dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> it killed the good, my good boy, countercharged and then returned to the flag, still doing contesting, and then it fucking ate a Warang shot to the face. <laughs> and only it died. Right, it was a direct hit to be fair, but it was still like, come on, yeah, <laughs> too far. But too far, too far. Uh, then you, John Wick, because, yeah. Well, I sure did because it was just like, well, it looks like all the. But this is where I was tripping over myself, right? Like, for instance, cool. The feet allows you to see for frost. What about the turn after that? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, right? <laughs> and a lot of my stuff wasn't quite in the comfortable threat ranges. Like, I had rifleman moving those sides because obviously I eventually wanted to get rid of the stone and start trimming trimming the herd, so to speak. So my follow-up turn should have been just a coup de grace, and it kind of wasn't. I wasn't up on scenario, because I was only scoring one point instead of the two I really should have been, and he had no way, way to contest. And the second was, I also was not in quite the position to snipe out the Creelstone as I would have liked with enough rifles, because they were creeping up the sides. I had to kill one of the tanks, or one of his like pig tank on one of the points. But this is all kind of just like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't winning hard enough. Which to me is like you know, yeah, good, good job, me. Classic. You're not, yeah, yeah. What a, what a tragic problem. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was one of those things. I was looking like, I'm cool. I'm so up in this game, despite that. Like, I eventually killed this war wagon by like I did get to the Krill Stone. And it turns out with enough fire for affected mortar rounds and rockets and other random shit because you can't hide a battle engine. You blow, you just deal damage to it. And it thankfully didn't do too much with its like mega shot that it got. Um, which was nice. Uh, it did kill a bunch of AKs, but they had already at that point done AK things like killing a Warhog or, and crippling another. So, you know, acceptable losses. Uh, what was sad, what was I uh, noticing that was like, fuck, I, I, need to learn, I need to have a better plan going into this because let's just say that I hadn't had a, such a spectacular turn and this matchup like was a bit worse for me and I wasn't able to get his war wagon. I'm in danger of clocking myself. And so I ended that game on, you know, an Erosk special of 10 minutes, which as far as Erosk's concerned, uh, infinite amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has not played it and is looking at playing Erosk to Stalingrad, you need to practice. Get your time in because otherwise you will lose after completely tabling your opponent and being up like X points on scenario. <laughs> My A-plus strategy. Clock, and clock yourself. <laughs> Funnily enough, that... <laughs> Uh, so after that kind of thing, it was just like, man, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll get another easy game in order to test it. And the next game was against my old team captain, Peter Bates, who's my Ooh. captain on the 2018 WTC team. He was playing Grimkin. <laughs> I looked at this, I'm like, I don't think this, oh god, this is probably the correct answer, but I don't think this is the time to test it. So I, I chickened out and I played Karchip too. It turns out, though, that he thought I was going to play Stalingrad and he played Wander into me, and that was, well, What's I don't think it was... Yeah, that was a bit of a bueno. 
Uh, it's not like Wanderer didn't have game, and he picked like the Arcana that gave him the damage swings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. first of all, I was on a scenario I could play Karchev into, which was Bunkers. Funnily enough, that was a scenario I lost to against James 2020. <laughs> and then they conveniently removed a flag and gave me a caster that's faster and doesn't need to trigger Warpath and better Devastators. I'm like, okay, we're back. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um,. Batesy's list was Wanderer with pretty much two units of Dreadrots at its core. I think his battle group was three clocks and a Krabbit. Yep. And he had a smattering of support stuff. So things like Twilight Sisters were in there. The Headless Horseman dude with the pumpkin head. Uh, he had Murder Crows for support. He had, of course, the fucking Malady Men, the, that fucking unit. <laughs> the fucking Monkey Man to do monkey magic things. And yep. some Grave Ghouls. So nice. it's Grimkin and it's Wanderer. So killing Wanderer is basically automatically off the table. Um, but we're not here to basically like me and Batesy, if anyone's never had the pleasure of seeing us play, it's always ends up being a grind. It's like we could be <laughs> playing fucking Sorcerer's 13 into Kane 3, and we'd somehow end up in a grind fest, <laughs> which is eventually <laughs> going to resolve in Kane and Sorcerer killing models to try and win on scenario. <laughs> Uh, that's just how it just sort of ends up devolving into. <laughs> um, and this game was kind of no different. We nearly t- timed out the scenario rounds. We had just enough time under. And when we were not entirely sure how that even happened. We didn't even pause the clocks, right? But eventually, the thing what happened was I was able to weather his first arc. I missed a... What is it? It's uh, Fortune's Path, I think, is the one. The one that gives him plus one, plus one. He was able to swing in at, like, plus three, plus three on his clocks. I managed to get... He got me jammed up pretty good um, in my own zone with a whole bunch of douche rots and at least two clocks. And I have to, I had to thread the needle a bit to unpack it. Because, um, obviously, the whole problem with clocks is that clocks are super RNG. Like, you know... You could either kill a clock with one activation or you could hit it once, cripple its mind or something, and then it's just like teleports away and troll goes trollololol. And, you know, obviously, right. then at that point, it's a bit problematic. Even if you're a Karchev and you're a beefy motherfucker, it's a bit problematic having Grimkin heavies that close to you, right? They can generally figure out a way to fuck you up. <laughs> um, yeah. So we did unpack it eventually again consuming a shit ton of clock time because i basically had to this is one where abattoir came to its own and also where i started noticing something with karchev 2 so karchev 2 has full throttle full throttle is a fucking shit spell on a lot of cards like on butcher one the spell is useless however say on Anyone who's played uh, what's her face, uh, Rhett Late Falcia—that's her name, right? Anyone's played Falcia, Full Throttle is some pretty gas spell, but it's not like it's mostly there for one model to go fuck things up. I think Falcia has Full Throttle, right? Is that am I just crazy? I've been told I mean, that she has. She uh, fuck, I, right much I should know. Toilet Bowl uh, Man has it. Oh yeah, told- do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Another, another great. Again, another great caster to use it with fucking Ironclads. Man, if Darius, yeah, yeah. If Darius had Tauros, we. Anyway, a lot of Signal problems could be solved by just giving the Toro, like, just just, just sell the plans to make the Abrams tank to Signal, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to, like, some fluff conversation. There was a, the, the original fluff for the Nomad is that it is a decommissioned Signar like, plan that now mercenaries, yep. that they just sell out. 
they don't use it anymore. I'm like, why aren't you using it? It's better. <laughs> yeah, it has, it's like, we, 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 I mean, it's designed by committee. It's like, cool, we made a hammer that has earthquakes built into it and we made a sword that shoots lightning. It's like, oh, and we also, like, you know, we made this gun that shoots gravity bombs. It's like, okay, well, what about this thing called Reach? It's just like, <laughs> no, 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 no. And what about no. a shield? Because you know the armor plating is not going to be up to Kador spec, and it's not like even Menoth can make even the Protectorate can make better warjacks than us. Like, yeah, give that. Uh, heavy I thought it's worth by the does in fact have full throttle, and I yeah. certainly okay th- that checks out because that means that yes, I have in fact died to a fucking Falciad Banshee or something like that. To say nothing of herself doing it. Anyway. That's all irrelevant. Karchev has false, uh, full throttle, and for him, that is a fucking dopey spell because of the battle group wide um, free charges, and obviously the additional die really helps when clearing out the riffraff and making sure that every attack that's powerful that you get on a heavy is going to in fact hit it. This is something I noticed is that for a caster where I specifically took Sorcerer Zero to have Boundless Charge, I did not cast Boundless Charge more than once, and the model I oh. cast Boundless Charge on, funnily enough was actually Karchev in order to give him Pathfinder and to go on an adventure in a game, the next game. The way Karchev tends to work is he tells you in bold old caps that my threat range is 14, I have boundless charge, I have this and I have that. And then he just walks into your threat range and baits you and you kind of have to commit into him. And then he combines, go, he presses the full throttle button. And because on defeat turn 12 is plenty, He'll get in there. And the next turn, your threat range kind of doesn't matter because they're still stuck dealing with your shit or you're in range to do it. And in the event it does matter, you'll have Sorcerer Zero still around to cast that one clutch boundless charge. But it it just wasn't necessary. So for poor old, so for Batesy, on my counterpunch turn, I cleaned up, I think two or three of his, I think I cleaned up two of his clocks. The majority of his, um, his pumpkin men and because what I did was I pretty much ran onto, I went first and ran onto the points. And he was able to get only his, only his scenario zone um, natively. He tried to commit onto, I had two heavies contesting the one where all of his dread rots were. And it turns out two heavies were plenty, even without uh, Death Ward, because I had Death Ward on Behemoth because I stuck Behemoth in and started shooting. And it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go somewhere else, which is probably the smart move. Um, and then from the follow-up turn, I was able to basically... It took a long time. Like, I had to... Because we were both being careful, because he actually moved Wanderer into threat range of Behemoth, which is not a fun place to be. So I saved Behemoth's activation till the very end, but that also meant that he couldn't trigger any Arcana, because if he did and triggered the Arcana that wasn't Wanderer gets to free transfer and gets to teleport the fuck away from a guy with rocket fists, then you can guess what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And that is something Karchev can sort of leverage as well and do. But eventually, as a result of that, I did trigger a bounce with a on a clock using with a Juggernaut. Um, my goal was originally to try, if I got lucky, I'd use, I used um, Abattoir because I was engaged to try and like get using the free cast to try and get a hit without actually activating. Um, and it didn't quite work out, but so be it. But I did get the freeze off, so even when he did teleport away when I legitimately activated uh, one of my oh. juggernauts, right? 
he was teleported there, and then Behemoth just walked up. Eventually, went walked up and put two power twenty fourteens into him, and he was frozen, and then he was dead. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but it was like that was uh, not an easy turn, and I actually had to move my clamjack because I had clamjack basically dicking around on the other flag, and then I basically instead went, okay, now you're going and like walking into the zone of my opponent of uh, Batesy, and you're going to blow up a uh, grave ghoul <laughs> and all this <laughs> other trash, and then nice. from there. Batesy actually kind of could have gotten me by being more up on scenario when dice down were called or even playing for the draw or the double slash double loss, right? Because I had to move the Clamjack away and then the one thing, I didn't have enough contesting there. I think I had like an Eliminator and the Murder Crows managed to get it with Desperate Pace and all of the other fun things. Um, So I wasn't quite up on scenarios I quote should have been, but it is one of the weaknesses, as I said, of Karchiv is that you're still playing a low model count army and you, your pieces are quite valuable. Even if you are playing a brick, congratulations. There's going to be times when, you know, you can't put a heavy on every flag and put a heavy in your opponent's zone and still do work. Yeah. <laughs> Again, all extremely tragic, as you're very much aware. But it is one of the things, if you're playing into him, look for scenario first and look for ways that you don't have to deal with this crap. The other thing, too, that was funny and one thing... Batesy was going for was to try and score my zone because I was moving stuff repeatedly out of it. Even Sorcerer Zero at the time had left the zone and he was looking to try and kill my objective and then score from right under me because Karchev doesn't contest his own zone despite being a giant dude in a fucking Warjack suit, which is always... If anyone's played Terminus, they'll have felt this kind of thing of just like, this feels really wonky and I don't understand. <laughs> or any Battle Engine caster, uh, for instance, um, Resnick 2. It's just like, I'm scoring your zone. It's just like, I'm fucking right here, dude. Do I mean nothing to you? And yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. However, that gets me to the finale of this thing. So one of the secret, like, just, I wouldn't say secret, just one of the extra bonuses you get from playing Karchev 2 is that you obviously have locked horns and locked horns is not battle group. You know what one model that you really want to keep alive a lot of the time that's never in your battle group but always in your list is take a guess for me. Literally everyone takes it. They have no choice in the matter. In fact, it's in every map. Your objective. Objective. Correct. And turns out when douche rots charge your objective and you tell them the dice douche rods, yep. <laughs> dice minus eight, and you're like, no, it's actually, sorry, dice minus six, and I like, it's dice minus eight, I'm on a 20, bro. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yep. And there, that was, yeah, at that point it was all she wrote. Um, the round got called, we finished up the game, we just shook hands, because uh, without being able to kill the objective, I was just able to roll it into a win. Sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, That's nice easy me. game, obviously, even <laughs> though I won at List Chicken, I still nearly clocked myself. <laughs> Uh, then I, of course, like, okay, who's the next round opponent? Whaley. All right, here we go. Again, another easy game. Uh, Whaley was playing Scar 1 and Karchev 2, and this is one of the time. And his Karchev 2 list, as I was sort of alluding to earlier, Cricks tend to have to think about what they want Karchev 2 to do. And for him, he obviously basically was like, no bueno on the shoot shoot. So his Karchev 2 list was in Black Industries, and it was very specifically for guns. And... I kind of was worried we'd get into the Karchiv 2 mirror until he very rightly pointed out a little bit into the game that it's just like, that would have been stupid because it just would have been a mirror that I kind of just win on account of Kador yeah. Heavy's hit a lot harder. Like, 
he would have no way to kill Behemoth, and I could just have Behemoth roll in with like Death Ward and just start punching things until they exploded. Yeah, and the the secret yeah. sauce of the Crick's heavy spam is that they're like surprise defense thirteen. Like with yeah. with Lockhorns, they have sort of armor, and with with Carapace, they have sort of armor, and then and then their surprise defense thirteen. It's but the defense thirteen matters matters not to the full the full throttled warjacks of of Kador. So it's it's yeah that's that's a poor matchup. That's a poor mirror match for the for the average Cricks player. Like even if you're up two heavies, I don't think you. I don't think that that's a much of a playable game. Correct. I think it. I actually do think it's uh, It's very playable if you take a uh, slaughter fleet because then your heavies also hit hard. But obviously so then hard. you take that, you, you hit insanely hard. Like. I'm not even going to pretend. I'll, like your you know, Slayer rolls in at power twenty on all of its yeah. fists. It's just like power what twenty Slayer is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, but that's a power twenty Slayer. But then you've also got like, and then like some guy rocks up in a train and goes choo choo, and then your yeah. fucking Slayer's just so that's an armor seventeen Slayer against hand cannon. Like hand cannons <laughs> knocking his arms off again. So we're back. Yeah. We're back to those days. So I, exactly. I have, I have trouble pulling the 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 trigger on like let's play this in Slaughter Fleet. I would it would have to be a meta that I was pretty confident was going to be Gunlight. I think it'd be more of a meta where you'd do something, you'd have a different list to play to guns because I think that list is extremely good in the, say, uh, Circle, for instance. Um, but again, who cares? Like, this is what we ended up with. And I also can respect that you've got some delineation there with Kriggs. Um, Anyway, that's not what he did. He obviously played Scar One, and it seemed a bit weird. Like Mark One, Mark Two, me was going like, "Why are we playing an armor brick into P Scar?" But that's how the game now goes. It turns out, uh, scenario was recon, and this is one where I again like I don't think I well whatever. I went first. I'm pretty sure this game, and that was a bit problematic for Whaley because it meant that he couldn't really jam me, but he did get the first chance to score. Um, and it also meant that, as I said, like I got that clamjack. So your first turn, you've got free, but two free boundless charges with Sorcerer because there's nothing. You don't really a lot of matchups. You don't bother casting Fog of War, and honestly, I don't really rely on Fog of War in the slightest because it's just a risk. You're putting Sorcerer in order to get your control range, your like range eight Fog of War onto most things meaningful. You're getting Sorcerer very close to dying territory. And you want to preserve her as best as you can. Plus, a lot of times the positions she actually wants to occupy don't really benefit your frontline jacks because you kind of want to keep her. You want to keep her about ten-ish inches away from any particular jack, so you can always turn to say this heavy is going to have boundless charge. So you've got to respect the range fourteen because any heavy she's out of range on automatically drops by two inches. And then also you have to think about well, how good is my positioning in the backline? Have I fucking tripped over my balls somehow? Because if I have, which is like, you know, then at that point, your opponent can actually just walk about 13 inches away or walk 10, shoot you, and then repo three and be like, that's some free damage. It feels illegal, but I actually cannot punish you. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously, again, all horrible things. Yeah, Instead, yeah. what we did was we um we rocked up. Again, I had to tell Whaley that, like, because Whaley was putting Gatsby in a pretty awkward position at the time. I had to tell him, like, look, you, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> uh, anyone who says by the way that anyone who says by the way that our oh, competitive players just play for kicks and stuff is just like look if anyone's actually seen most people like uh, like at a good table at a tournament it's just they're pretty chill right yeah. we're playing the game this is how it is because 
Winning by not necessarily a gotcha, but by a stupid like thing, an oversight is often just, especially if it's a rules related one. Like you commit to something, having an incorrect knowledge of the rules is generally speaking. Like if you win by that way, great, right? Yeah. This yeah, one yeah. as well, I was just like, look, it's a bit weird to see, and also it kind of would have like I'm going to play a proper game with Whaley, so we did. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. And honestly, it might have also been a double mind game because it meant that his. Gatsby was a bit too far back, and I think I could have killed him regardless. Like, I'm pretty sure two heavies under full throttle will get to him. But let's be real, if he positions it right, it might just be the one heavy, and maybe one heavy doesn't actually kill Gatsby. Mm. Um, yeah, and then that could have been a different game. So it's not like it was out of the... It was like I got... It, it felt a bit like weird, like uh, basically telling a Crix player that, no, you need to move a bit back because otherwise my Kato heavies are going to get you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Especially a P-Scar player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, it all sets up... Ah, oh, shit, I think actually... Uh, yeah, it all sets up that pretty much... I was spending the majority of the my time in CanCon trying to work out where Death Ward belongs. I've sort of settled on a pattern. So you can just be boring or lazy and put it on Behemoth. And that will mean Behemoth will literally never die, right? Because no one will be able to get to him, and he'll be able to pretty much shoot with impunity. Alternately, you can put on the forward heavy, which is typically, you know, you put on your first Juggernaut you want to trade away, and that, I found, worked well. I tried it this game, in fact, and I was originally going to do it. Or you can do what I eventually didn't double settled on doing, which was I put... Defender's Ward on a Marauder and had two Marauders and some other trash in my friendly flag. So bottom of two, P-Scar feats and crashes into me with a bunch of Satixis Raiders, a, at least two Stalkers, Charybdis, and whatever Gatsby was running, which I think... Oh, no, Gatsby had a Reaper, that's right. Reaper. I, I had to take the, I had to take the uh, objective that stops you getting pulled, and I put the Clamjack and the Heavy under the Anchor, on that side of the table to stop any of this nonsense because we're not going to let ourselves get pulled, right? Yeah. No. Cheats like that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's bulldoze is the fair way to do it. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Fair way to Blue do it. Honest, honest people. Good honest people. Telekinesis followed by a dominate. That's oh. right. Ah, uh, yes. TK uh, Force. <laughs> good old TK. <laughs> No, fuck that. What? No, fuck that. It's overrun, boundless charge, and iron fist with some superiority. <laughs> that's that's for true, honest people. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I see you're a man of culture as well, Nigel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway. anyway, so he crashes into me and doesn't get the score, which was. He gets a score on his flag, but he actually couldn't get the score on mine because of the way Gatsby was positioned. Uh, was not able to threaten one of the corners of the zone, and he wasn't able to obviously reaper it because it was a clamjack there, so congrats, good luck him. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. And as a result of that, I was able to... It took me... This is the part where I had to finagle it because Stalkers still have Grievous Wounds, and I had, like... The one model that didn't have Grievous Wounds on it uh, was dead. Sorry. The th two models that didn't have Grievous Wounds on it were both dead, so good job me. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at Widget and I'm like, fuck's sake. So I'm looking at this spot and obviously this is the make or break turn, so he has a bunch of shit under Peace Scar's feet, but if I clear as much of this as possible, I probably put it in the southern spot where I'm untouchable, 
But I also had memories of that game I played for practice where I just randomly died with Karchev. And I have a lot of experience with Karchev where, look, on paper, he's as hard to kill as a Hyperion with unyielding, right? Because, you know, that's yeah. just how the focus mechanic thing seems to work. But in practice, if he does any... One, Colossals die all the time. Two, if he's doing stuff, he becomes like a how easy to kill than almost any other model in your list because his lower uh, base armor is lower. And if there's any faction, I'm just saying has probably got a reliable chance of killing, you know, killing Karchev, it's probably going to be Crick's P-Scar, even if the feet's been popped, right? So mm. eventually we get in. I get this is the part where the feet interaction, I like the feet interaction starts becoming important because this is the one where I do cast Boundless Charge to charge Karchev through a lake and a puddle and get from center field into my end of the like near my end of the zone and start smashing to pieces a stalker and because once Karchev chart finishes pops his feet finishes his charge and is in melee with something he gets an extra focus which is like cool we'll use the extra focus for the full throttle start smashing mm. and we didn't trigger our um we didn't trigger our uh, meat for the beast yet, even though I killed, obviously, a stalker and stuff, because I was saving it just in case I needed it for an extra hit somewhere with uh, Abattoir. Because realistically, at this point, my job is to kill the two stalkers, and the t the he had uh, some ambushing like uh, blood witches, but I sort of set it up in a way that a bunch of them would be bogged down in Pathfinder, ideally, and the rest then had to deal with random eliminators just engaging them and being annoying. So that was fun. But yeah. we kill we kill his heavies and the majority of his raiders and we're in business, right? Um, and we ended up being able to do that. I got Behemoth onto Charybdis and turns out I was just like, oh, I don't a hundred percent know if this works. And then the first punch, Behemoth just goes smashed. And like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, Behemoth does. You know, Behemoth's still good. <laughs> and just in case, right? We'll we'll have the reserve abattoir just in case I need to like smack something. So I rolled these in well enough and. At some point, he actually also committed um, Gatsby 4 in order to take one of my other heavies off the table. I think he... Um, no, was it this turn or the Fuck, I can't remember. This is classic battle reporting shit. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I think I, I think I gave him some bait of some sort, and basically Gatsby took it because he figured that, look, he'll trade Gatsby for a heavy. The Reaper can run back and be reactivated by Scar and should be all right, depending on what survives. But unfortunately for Whaley, not enough survived because... I rolled well enough, and with full throttle, you're able to kill something like Gatsby for even no matter even if he's feeded on. It's just a simple case of like he's not going to have enough focus to survive on the return, and you're going to be hit enough. I did try my best to flub it because the first time, even with a 16 inch control area where I was with Karchev, was still not in range of full throttle for my Juggernaut. So, oops. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but oops. it turns out a Juggernaut in the back is still going to nothing personal cut like a gas before like nobody's business so that was that um and then i basically then it was like as the coup de gras i got the clam jack basically just put it ran it 16 inches i actually bumped so he had barathrum in his list which i think was the main problem is that his barathrum was not in position and wouldn't really be able to get in position to meaningfully threaten the counter and given Barathrim is also a fucking beast of a jack, and with his shovel hands, he randomly just does feedback to you and does another other annoying shit. I think this was one thing Whaley identified afterwards and was like looking to improve is just figure out a way to better use Barathrim in this particular case. And 
Unfortunately for me, though, that wasn't the thing. Baratheon was in threat range, and I just bulldozed him away and then ran around him and did other fun speed 16 bulldozing nonsense. Uh, and I ended up scoring two points and contesting his flag pretty much forever. And Whaley, like, uh, basically got some hits in back, but it was just like, nah, I think I'll have to concede at this point. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And fair enough, because I was primed to basically score five points, like, score up to five the next turn. Um, which would have probably taken another turn to win, but at that point, it's just like, we're looking at Karchev with five to six heavies and him still being intact. Yeah, four yeah, or five yeah. heavies, Karchev. I've still got enough of my support crew, and more importantly, Recon... Recon 2 is a scenario where, when I said Karchev is weak on scenario, this is definitely one where that doesn't fly. He is yeah. quite good on the Recon 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in a lot of matchups, I'd say this is one where you just say, okay... You do the dumb thing, you put the Death Ward on the fucking Clamjack, and you put it under Locked Horns, and you just bulldoze it into your opponent's side of the te- like flag, and then they can have fun dealing with an unpushable Clamjack that keeps exploding every turn. And in the event they do deal with it, eventually the rest of your army is going to be there to just say, like, okay, let's, uh, let's dance, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that worked out. Um, and at that point, we were into... We had, uh, because of the, the tournament with a couple of drops and stuff, we actually were in a situation where we could have had an undefeated, because we had three undefeateds by the end of it, that round, right? And we ended up in a spot where if uh, Tomo was playing Jeff, who was undefeated, and I ended up playing Moops, you know, freaking classic circle, you know, classic circle newbie Moops. I'm like, all yeah. right, this is how it is. And I'm showing him the ropes, okay. though. He'll, he'll get there. <laughs> I mean, look, he's won a couple of things. He's all right. Like, maybe sure. we'll look. Maybe I'll carry him to a WTC. Good. Idea. Good. Idea. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to listen to this part of the cast and to be like, "Fucking." Uh, we'll we'll see what he says when he sledges me back for that one. <laughs> but James had crew. Uh, I think James was playing Chromac One because that's his boy, and he's been waxing lyrical about it, and with good reason. Like, it's a fun list, and it fucking hits like a Mack truck. Yeah. A second list I was worried was going to be Una 2 or something, and it ended up actually being Chrome, uh, Kruger 2 with a Storm Raptor. And this is the one where I chickened out. I realistically should be playing Stalingrad here. Um, I just wasn't sure about playing into... I know that... real like I've done some thinking about it. I'm pretty sure that you can... You can probably actually play Stalingrad into, of all things, double Thunder Chickens. Because of just... They're not efficient at killing infantry in the most stupidest way possible because they only have the the pulse is only six inches away right and it's surprising if you're playing around it you can avoid getting completely destroyed by it and also you've got the out that you can just randomly tough a bunch of your dudes and it's not quite the same as like what tends to happen like the real weakness of stalingrad if you want to know is sprays and it's specifically sprays where you do not give a fuck about the bottle doing the spray right so there's nothing that's more terrifying when you're playing Stalingrad to a bunch of Void Archons ready to go fucking, let's, let's go YOLO, and under, like, say, Aurora 2 and getting fucking stuck in there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how you'd get it, because then they can dig deep and they'll start cleaning your support staff out. They'll conflict way above their weight. You have Ugh. to position around it, and the weight is just, it's a... The problem is, no matter what you position, because they're able to control the spray angle and what where they come in, if, presuming you give them anything... They will take a mile. They'll, you give them an inch, they'll take a fucking country mile out of you. So, a Thunder Chicken, by contrast, because of the changes to flying high, one is under way more threat of randomly dying to guns. 
like I mean, it, the, one of the problems with playing Stalingrad into things like that in the past was you literally couldn't shoot anything. Right. <laughs> your guns were range three. <laughs> you had more threat with your axes charging stuff. Good luck, guys. Yeah. And you were mat fight at the time, which meant that you were quite capable of missing a def 12 bird, even if it was a colossal. And even if you hit it, you also died. So everything was bad. <laughs> now, bad. It's a, now it's a little different, right? Because you've got things like AKs, and look, AKs will still not really survive under a pulse under a whatever that um, animus it's got, but it's they'll still far. do, they're still A can and B. Any AKs that through luck or RNG don't get killed uh, will gas it, so it gas the bird so it can't really heal and then fuck it up. And look, there's, there's some complications here. This is a bit of an oversimplification because the simple fact is he's playing Kruger too. That man can probably finagle a way to do anything he wants, but uh, I was just like, I chickened out. And it's probably something I'll look at in the future is just trying that particular matchup. But I also thought that, look, if he drops that and I drop Karchev 2 into that, I'm going to have a pretty fun time. But no, he dropped... Um, That's, I guess, the other thing too is like, we were talking about it after the game. For Circle, the Kador matchup is problematic because it's always a list chicken between them dropping Karchev 2, which you obviously want an armor brick answer for. And they don't really have clean answers for Karchev 2 anyway. Like, they have trouble with Karchev 2 in Cricks, let alone in Kator. Yeah. And then to going from that to whatever other random trash they have, like, I'd have Doom Reavers instead, and that would have been actually better into both of his lists, apart from the random risk of dying to a Thunderbird, right? And let's just say, if I had Man of War, again, it's just, like, it's just awkward as fuck, right? Like maybe he drops Karchip, like Chromac two into a, a Chromac one twin is fine, except that we're not really running the kind of armor list with the Man of War. We're instead running the I front butt you and Disco Inferno and my fucking shock troopers have a party in your shit. Or we just, you know, do the old standby. We play Vlad two, we get some hammer bros and we put the feet on them and we give them all the retaliatory strike and then look, I don't care how hard you hit with the transfer damage thing, you probably won't one shot a like a shock trooper and then he's going to hit you back in the face with a power 19 that might accidentally freeze you good luck Ooh. anyway we end up playing Karchev 2 versus crew mac 1 this scenario this table the scenario was split decision which is the circle on one side the offset scenario so circle on one side flags objectives on the other bit sections there now of note there was a giant fuck off pillar in the middle of it of the thing and i there was some terrain on my side which he helpfully gave me after i picked to go first <laughs> um or i think no he actually won the role and he made me go first i think because he made me take a fucking wonky side hmm. uh but as i found out it was for different reasons uh anyway we go up um he ends up tokyo drifting a well shot onto widget which fucking sucked because widget was my like this was on the side nearest the like that was the the well I'm pretty sure was touching the um, circular zone, and that meant widget randomly was the silo I was going to use to just score that flag and just you know keep everyone healthy there. So you know that was a fun way to start the game. Um, <laughs> anyway, we set it up. So Moops is basic. Moops is in a fool. He's going for. He's looking for basically a big hit on the bottom of two. I move everything up. He's got Loki, so I end up using. A clamjack on one side of this giant built of this giant retribution pillar, and I have a juggernaut with death ward and the anchor objective on it. 
on the other side. I'm using those to basically be my, to cut down on the angles that Loki can pull my other models in. And also I get Behemoth to walk up and start shooting. And this is where it's one of the things I'm glad I had that practice game in. Because I end up, like, he puts a cloud up, I end up giving Behemoth Isle of Sight and shooting the Sentry Stone that had two Blacklad Wayfarers next to it. This is an amusing problem, is that I only put myself in range of said Sentry Stone because I was thinking to myself, right, well, I don't want to overexpose. But that ended up being, quote, a mistake. Um, he didn't shield guard with Loki, probably because I would have just shot in a second time and then that would still be a problem. And I only killed, I broke the stone circle and I killed one of the black clads. And had I killed both or been in a position where I could shoot and potentially kill both, oh man, that game is so much better for me because then he loses a lot of his threat. Um, and it was one of the things I was really glad I looked, I like thought about was just like the role of guns in that particular matchup. Again, this is okay, super revolution in tech. You take AOEs to blow up, you blow up their support stuff. Oh, really? know, follow me for more great Kador advice. <laughs> <laughs> so we start rolling into it. Um, and Moops has a bit of some flubbed dice. And in particular, he's not able to enact his plan because he wants to hit me with everything he's got and score a bunch of scenario points, right? Ideally, he wants to score two which is he wants to score his flag and my objective. And he has this max unit of Reeves of Orberus with a bunch of those warp war wolves, the like thing that war wolves hanging around. I managed to shoot one of the war wolves with a Widowmaker Marksman, which was pretty good. And then he turns around and he manages to get nine of his Reeves in range of my objective and yeah. runs a war wolf like nearby. And he misses his first sea rat, his first nine man sea rat. He double, he snake eyes. Oh it. man! Yeah, so that was awkward. And then the second one hits. Okay, he does a bunch of damage. The war wolf charges, and he goes like, "Okay, I believe war wolves are power eleven, so dice off seven. I'm like, "Sorry, James, dice off nine. And he leaves it on two boxes. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> so that's super problematic for a bunch of reasons. Uh, first of all, what James actually wants to do is trigger Warpath with the Reeves, because that's what Chromax's all banking on, right? He wants to hit his first one, charge the wolves in. Hopefully, if he kills it by accident with the wolves, he'd be tilted then. But, you know, so lovey. But he probably wants to actually lead the Sea Rat with it, just double tap it, try and kill it with two gunshots. And the event that he doesn't, okay, cool, whatever, we'll finish it off with, like, a, um, with a Warp Wolf. Or even Loki can walk up and chuck his hook at it and just blow it up. Right to trigger Warpath to start the Warpath chain going because it's one thing I've learned when I've played Karchev one is that denying Warpath triggers, especially easy ones, is such a big point of the game. Right, yeah. is Warpath is a dead spell if your opponent just has nothing but Colossals, for instance. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that's the, the the mathematical that's the like logical extreme of that argument. But if you keep all of your um fleshy stuff or things that can accidentally die out of range, you really cut down the power of Warpath. So then he has to trigger Warpath off of a fucking Clamjack, which oh, eventually does, uh, but he comes up short on killing its follow-up Marauder. He leaves it um, two boxes, and this is between Gedorix and a Feral. Um, he has a Stalker lurking around, which I think... Uh, actually, I can't even remember what it did. It pretty much, like, um, I think it was forced to also join in the party and then sprint to safety. Uh, Loki, I can't even remember what Loki did, but he did something annoying. I think he was, um, he was originally angling to try and hook in Behemoth, but I set it up in such a way that I was too close to the tower. 
But all of this is sort of a sideshow to what Moops actually did, the smart the thing he was thinking about with his thoughts on the matchup. So he gets Chromag right behind the central pillar I've been talking about and pops his feet <laughs> and casts Bestial. Perfect. In the other order, so that it worked. But yes, he gets Bestial up and Primal. And at this point, I'm like, Looking at the table, I'm got Karchiv in rough terrain, which was not a smart decision, but also kind of a problem with how it was set up. And two, I'm now in a weird spot where that means that I can't cast Locked Horns next turn and doing other things. But he's very exposed, and I haven't popped my feet yet. I can't directly charge him, but I certainly can walk and put a Juggernaut in his face. And I didn't really think about the time, but if I'd thought about it until I looked at his war room midway through the next turn as I'm plotting out my turn, I realized that his feet cuts him. Like I'm caught, like Chromax's feet damages him for fury. And yeah, his obviously feet's always he, been. Dude, yeah, yes. his it's, his feet has always been bestial. Basically. A perfect timing, Moopsie. Oh yeah. Hey, oh Max. look, we all know we all know that that's wrong, and basically just Chris just diced his way out. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, you diced it for me. Thank you very much. It was very nice of you to miss that fucking snake eyes on those reeds. No, you're going through a tunnel. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> My protege. And that's uh, that's it. So the next turn, I get I get cleanups, but I don't get the cleanups I quite want. But that was again like it. it it wasn't clean. So I can I have an assassination vector, which is gonna involve some wonky shit, which is actually gonna have Karchev feeding, trampling backwards, so he's killboxing himself, and then feeding. <laughs> and then casting his spells. And I can use that to try and do things like say get full a full throttle juggernaut onto uh old mate Chromac. But if I do that, it's super all in because I've just given away two scenario points. And End of this turn, he only scores one. He kills the Clamjack and he cripples a heavy, but he doesn't get both of my juggernauts are still alive, Behemoth's still alive, and critically, what a like I have two marauders left. So he only actually gets one heavy. Yeah, uh, I mean oh I no, I think he got more okay, I feel he got more than that, but whatever. Like recollection being what it is, it's probably it wasn't it wasn't as it certainly wasn't impressive as he wanted, because he wanted more, naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's funny. I think if he'd done better, I would have had a cleaner follow-up turn, so much for muchness. Anyway, uh, I have to either look at doing something stupid like that, so we're, we're looking at like trampling backwards and doing other wonky shit, or I can just take a turn, play for attrition, and see how it pans out. But it means that I won't have locked horns for the next turn. Um, I end up settling on the latter option because he did badly on scenario. I'm not 100% sure that's actually the correct play. But I think with the, like, this is just an aspect of playing into Karchev 2, is you sort of just got to, oh, playing with or against Karchev 2, is you got to see where the dominoes sort of fall. And, I mean, you just play with what you got. And I have now a free Marauder, and the Marauder is in range to walk and punch a Well of Orbers to death. So that's pretty good. Had I been thinking about this more, I would have, what I would have done is I would have had my cake and ate it too. I would have... Feeded, I would have trampled on such a spot where I'm 14 inches away from Chromac instead of 16 or like a bit over 14, killed the Well of Orboros, and then I would have been able to get a free cast of Locked Horns at some point. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that was something I only realized, uh, <laughs> realized that the uh, last, like, realized in the following turn. Um, so instead, 
what happens is we just play it legitimately. So one thing doesn't go my way. Um, well, the first thing went my way is that Sorcerer Zero has a bunch of focus and just basically... She was under this, by the way, so also that kind of fucked the assassination a bit. Because she would... She was able to, like, if I really wanted to walk backwards and boundless charge Karchev, but otherwise that was the best she could do. Yeah. Um, but her, her Marauder certainly was fine. So her Marauder smashes her Feral, uh, feral into Gedericks and knocks them both down and is able then obviously with buying attacks and the fact that Feral Warp strengthens like armor 16 or something, kills yeah. the Feral. Um, and that allows me to get my Marauder with two boxes onto his well and kill that. Uh, and then I have a Juggernaut walk up. I'm like, okay, it's a knockdown Warp Wolf. It's fine. I walk in. I fucking don't do almost anything to Gedrix because it's <laughs> Gedrix. And I yeah. didn't really think about it at the time, but I'm like, oh, okay. And then I like, this is where I derped up. I should have done this cleanly from the start. Um, I kind of basically tried to get my Juggernaut onto uh, my second Juggernaut, which I figure is easily within walking and punching range of Gedrix. Turns out, no, it was not. Um, Josh actually had to come over. Josh Bates had to be an independent adjudicator because it was it was close. Because I had to walk. I'm obviously directly. I'm within about seven inches of him, but there's a building to walk around, and obviously angular surfaces and things like that. Like, I needed. We needed to get an independent thing. I was about a bee's dick out, which was always fun, and I couldn't get behemoth oh. onto him either. So, I kind of Gedericks actually got moves back into the game because I then decide, well, instead of again trying to kill Chuck Dongwood, the other Blacklight Wayfarer and another random thing with my guns, I'd use Behemoth to try and kill Gedericks instead. And I didn't. Um, but on the other hand, things did work out for me because what happened was uh, he had Loki with dodge. And keep in mind, without full throttle, I was able to walk a... Without full throttle, I was still able to walk the Juggernaut with Death Ward behind Loki. And Crit Froze... I boosted the first hit with the Crit Freeze Axe and I got on the first try. And then that was pretty damn good. Um, I would have probably just shot Loki to death instead of Ghetto because Loki is more dangerous. Because uh, Loki can easily pull Karchev into bad, into bad time spots. You know, obviously oh, yeah. not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Um... But eventually, wasn't needed. I had the Widowmaker marks and finish it off, and I had Behemoth go and try and fail to kill Gedrix, so that was fun. Um, turn ends, and I miss. Turn ends, and I even it up. I score my flag, and that's sort of all dandy. I have now Reeves. The Reeves are now trying to busy fight uh, Kai's Eliminators, which good luck them with their freaking uh, Mat Five. <laughs> Power <But>, you. <laughs> Well, I mean, the power eight might still kill them. But yes. Yeah, no, it will. Yeah, Matt Five's instead. <laughs> yeah, but get a, like uh, Mips gets me good the next turn. So one other thing is like uh, Kruger Zero is a fucking beast. You can't kill him either, which is really annoying. He's got that Wanderer thing where he always has one extra transfer than he should because of his free transfer rule, yeah. and he has infinite fury, so he can do a lot of things and still be at max fury, right? In this case, what happens is uh, Kruger. Zeros and he's wanting a world weird, and the world weird in this case is busy having a field day shooting my death water jack. But because death ward's a cool spell, I'm putting all the damage in the right spot, so my death water jack juggernaut is still a okay and really happy after killing Loki. Oh, yeah. Um, the next turn though is a bit brutal because now I've run out of warpath and he's still got a stalker and Gedericks, and he's able to 
he cleans out my right side. He gets Behemoth, he gets the Juggernaut, and he gets all the crippled shit because using Warpath on it. Turns out Warpath on a Heavy is pretty hard, but when it's heavy, set Heavy has two boxes, you pretty much smack it on your first go and then Warpath into the next thing. No problems. Um, <laughs> so Moops is able to do that, but now Mr. Mipsy is not in the best... Like He's still casting Bestial, and he's still behind a um, giant cock pillar, but now one that I'm pretty sure I can get to with my Juggernaut with Death Ward. And also, at this point, I realized that his control range is not 16, it's now 14, so even though he's casted it, now it's way easier for me to get it. So I actually, again, consider playing for Scenario because it's actually still quite doable, and the game is like panning out, but I'm thinking about this like there's an ideal, there's a non-zero percent chance that I'm going to play a game where Karchev is going to man mode it and boss boss mode it in the central zone, and then Moops is going to win on scenario right under my nose, and that would just be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we end up getting him with the good old uh, trampled, <laughs> trampled, full throttled juggernaut. I actually trampled over a stone and said Wayfarer. I missed the Wayfarer, which was sad, because had I killed said Wayfarer with the trample attack, I would have used Meat for the Beast to buy an abattoir on Chromac. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. uh, but it was full with full throttle and all of that, like three full throttle, like full throttle giving you power attacks, like extra focus on power attacks is pretty much the nuts. It's great. Um, this was pretty all-in technically, but it also got me thinking of like, would it have been better to try this the pre-intern? I think the answer is actually yes, because I would have had a more dangerous assassination uh, had I been able, had I remembered that I can probably kill the objective and find some spot to park Karchev in where he's in that nice sweet range band where, because um, he blocked off a bit of line of sight with his clouds, but look, if I end up getting the crit freeze on um, Chromac, then even if I fail to kill it with a fully loaded Juggernaut, because he's in beast mode and he does have transfers, it's entirely possible. I'll just shoot it in the face with Behemoth to finish it off. A Widowmaker marks fucking anything at that point. I'm sure we'll do it, get it done. And yeah, <laughs> was well, not necessary. Fucking got moops and avenged myself on a CanCon 2020 loss on nice. scenario with Karchev, with Karchev back in fucking Crick's form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah. What's now, I'll tell you one thing about James Morehouse, a great person to play against, and he never makes it easy, so. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like a pretty contested game. Yeah, really. No, yeah. yeah. Um, either way, though, it was, uh, that, like, at that point, okay, we went for dinner and stuff like that. We're trying to find what's, like, still open in the city, locked down with COVID. Uh, me and Jeffy. Jeffy ended up beating um, Tomo, and... Oh. That meant that uh, we were, in fact, having a finals game and I wasn't able to just, you know, easily waltz in and just, like, you know, go, I'm undefeated, yay, go me. No, I had to fight a lot. So for anyone keeping track at home, this means that I played one, quote, easy round opponent and then four of my former WCC team members, a classic tournament in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at this point, like, we're talking, I have James, like, Jeff is kind of like, oh, you're going to play Karchev, you're going to play Karchev, play Karchev all day. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I'm reading through his list. I'm agonizing because I know what the correct choice is. The correct choice is man spam. But I'm thinking, oh, fuck, am I going to lock myself and stuff like that? Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, after a bunch of drinks and, you know, just chilling for a bit and also just like recollections of playing Karchev 1 into Gary 2, uh, which were never good. <laughs> I'm like, no, we, we have to do it. And 
we have a bit of a teams event. It's funnily enough, me, Jeff, and um, oh god, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say Nads because our team name was Go Nads, but it's uh, it's uh, Dave Tracken. I'm oh, sorry, Dan- yeah, Tracken, Daniel Tracken. Fuck, not Dave Tracken. What am I talking about? Daniel Tracken. We were all who are. By the way, we are the first, second, and third. <laughs> we came first, second, third. We're on a team, and we're like doing the first round of the teams event tomorrow. And we're like. All right, we get. I guess we could do teams and then do the finals afterwards, and then we oh, nice. go through. We're going through and like, no, nah, that's kind of dumb. Well, we'll do a bit of teams, but we'll probably just like wrap it up and like actually just drop out of it and do it, which feels a bit annoying. But Daniel was cool with it too, so he's just like, yeah, fuck it, go do the thing. Then I'll watch. I'll get to spectate. Uh, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've got a teams event coming up. Fuck it, I'm going to play. I don't care what I'm playing into. I'm playing a Rusk. I'm going to get this shit. I'm going to like do the practice. I'm going to do this properly. And I'm playing to one of my good friends, Nathan Frawley, who is a war machine personality you probably have never met. And I'd say for the best, he's one of my best friends. <laughs> my God. <laughs> uh, he's very Australian with how he gives feedback, which is pretty funny. Like he will not like... We will be the kind of people who will, like, maybe tell you that, you know, your, your list is suboptimal. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, while he will respect... Elman, while he will respect our memes, will tell you, like, yeah, you're doing it dumb, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, I... Like, he drops a Striker 3 into me. Um, he he plays... He's got a bunch of factions, but, I, like, I was, in fact, surprised to see Signal. I thought he'd be playing Trolls, but he's like, nah, fuck it, we'll play, I'll just play some Signal. He's playing Striker 3, Flame in the Darkness. Uh, I played a Rusk 2. And this game ended up being... I ended up clocking myself, trying to kill, of all things, Gabriel Throne (laughs) to win the game on Scenario. Um, It was... That one was a really fun one, though. It was very back and forth. But yeah, the one game I lost, obviously, quite didn't count. But um, it was... Actually, funnily enough, it didn't even count because we ended up for the team's round because we ended up winning it anyway, although we ended up just dropping. So we said, like, no, you guys take the win, Um, especially as one of the games were a bit close in contention anyway. So um, pretty much what happened was I, with Assault, he, correct, he actually helped me fix my list because he helped me fix my Assault Commando positioning because he identified rather quickly that the AKs were, like, public enemy number one and also that they are, like... If you get rid of them, the counterpunch just drops off. Because I was putting it in the front, but I was using flamethrowers and other stuff like that, wonky stuff. I was trying to go like, oh, okay, look, you know, you can engage some of my AKs, but not all of yours. And then he's like, cool, I'm going to dig deep and get all of your AKs as best as I can. Um, <laughs> so I end up giving away a bit, like I end up uh, forgetting that, you know, battle priests exist. And the first shot that I use into put into his blockader, which I'm like, oh, okay, he's got no armor buffs. I'll just take the feet on feet with a rusk and take the blockader off the table. The first shot with a five for affected water <laughs> goes straight into a battle priest behind. I'm like, oh yeah, great. The unit I didn't want to trigger vengeance with. Well all oh, right. Shit. So now I have to swift swift gears and kill half the unit of like precursors. I can't even get to the other half. I'm like, okay, well whatever. This is, this is how it goes. Um, so his precursors come in and do more damage, but like, that game is mine to lose, and um, it took me a bit too long to do it. The main problem, it turns out, with Gabriel Throne, because I was... We were, like, um, I have Alexia 2, he has Alexia 2. We were basically doing... If anyone's seen the Sonic the Hedgehog meme of nothing personal, that was pretty much the entire game, was Thrall Warriors showing up behind people and saying, nothing personal, kiddo, <laughs> and backstabbing them. <laughs> 
So like my guys would die and they would turn into, they would get collected by my Alexia and then they'd show up and kill his, his precursors who'd then get collected by his Alexia. And then he'd turn up and go nothing personal in a gut, <laughs> you know, good fun times. Um, but what it ended up rolling down to is I had two turns in a row to try and kill Gabriel to win on close down scenario. The scenario of what it was, was, uh, titty fuck i don't know what's the actual name <laughs> two circles a square in the middle and like two objectives that one good, Let good see. No, i can't remember whatever it is titty fuck <laughs> anyway um i also forget that one of the other things you do with erusk 2 which is another good thing is that you put fire you can and you should look at putting fire for effect on one member of your winner guard and leading sea rats with it and that way, so he had two Thamorite Archons who spent the entire day shooting three shots a turn, and I'm like, they were behind a wall, they were behind a building. I'm thinking to myself, oh, fuck, like, I'm just trying to, like, shoot things next to it and get the blast AoEs onto it and doing other things to try and gradually kill it. But also, AKs, as it turns out, are not great for Thamorite Archons because I can't do the blasting exploding shot, and when AKs get turned and, like, turned around and do the whole, like, I punch your guy now, they're only power nine. They might actually fail to kill you as well. <laughs> um, and they don't get veteran leader either, even though they're hitting in the back. It's it's just all these things like do add up. The big one, though, of course, is like not exploding to a giant fireball and killing everyone else around them, which is pretty top. But what I should have done and looked at doing was doing like um, giving fire for effect, starting to hand out fire, taking the fire for effect away from the win the mortars, and starting to hand it out to random riflemen and getting them to lead sea rats into the Thamorite archons and other random support stuff that I needed dead. And this is some of the things, like, one of the things you, that is really nice and flexible about uh, Stalingrad is, in fact, Fire for Effect. Look, Kane Zero has Fire for Effect. That spell is useless on him. It's useless in Signar, in fact. Erusk 2 has Fire for Effect, and that spell is the fucking tits, because you just have access to, you have spray, access to sprays, you have access to range 18 mortars, with arcing fire, you have access to knockdown shots and CRAs and all of these fun things, right? Whereas it's a world of difference. And mm. welcome to like how it pans out. So like what I did end up doing was stuff that I remember doing and having fond memories of, which was eventually if anyone's never seen the new Winnegard infantry, their fucking mini feet is gross. Because now the mini feet used to the mini feet is still sprays, but now the sprays are spray eight and you can assault and spray. It's a little less flexible because you can't gunfighter and spray. And that means that what you used to be able to do is you, instead of charging, you'd advance, you'd have half your unit shoot normally, and then you'd pop the mini feet and the rest of the unit would spray out, even if they were engaged. You can't quite do that, but you can either threaten the charge and spray your guys to death, which is fun, or you can instead... Uh, walk up and do exactly what I just said, but now it's spray eight. It's just that you're coming into some wonky problems. So I needed to close out the game and I had 10 minutes to do it because I was basically like grinding myself out on clock. And I took a long turn doing this, but as I said, good old mate Gabriel Throne is literally right in my face. I managed to kill... Uh, Ragman and Gwen Keller, the fucking Laylee's lady, the one that, you know, does that. And that was really annoying. Like, that I actually had to use Fire for Effect on because Gwen, I th Gwen Stacy has tough, I think, and managed to tough, and I forgot about it. And then I shot, I shot Ragman. He sack pointed the tough knockdown 
Glenn because I was just like, oh, I'll deal with her later now that she's like knocked down. <laughs> so I still had to kill Ragman in the zone to win the game. And the other zone had like two fucking Thamorite Archons in it and that was never going to happen. Oh, and had Malvin and Mayhem as well, I'm sure were there. So I'm looking at all of these ways to try and just finagle like a way of like doing it. I'm like, okay, well, cool. We'll just kill those two solos. And I approach, I'm thinking this Gabriel Throne guy is going to be the easiest person in the world. But a couple of flubbed rolls later, and then I'm like, okay, it's a bit annoying. I'll just have, you know, Alexia walk thralls into the back of Ga- big old Gaby and punch him in the back. It turns out Gabriel has this rule that means that you have plus three armor against undead randomly. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was bad. <laughs> I should have just helped fire that piece of shit in the, like, in the back and called it a day. But again, like, well, Ned, this is what you learn. Um, yeah. Elman, then on his turn, he has 20 minutes to try and kill me. I have about a minute and a bit. And he plays legitimately. He's like, look, you know, I'm still going to try and kill you, right? So he's able to get a, uh, already pressed the button, but a flying Malvin to, I think he trampled to Erosk and then got two attacks onto me with Fury and everything. Um, and he left me on fuck all boxes. I think he missed one of his attacks is the problem. He had to hard roll it. Uh, I don't think he was able to get Striker there as well to put Iron Aggression on to give a better shot at it. Uh, and he wasn't able to get any Thamorite Archons into range as well because I have Sackborn. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that didn't work. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then he spent the rest of the turn, like he spent about five minutes trying to set it up. So it was as annoying as possible for me to get it. And I had one minute to try and kill Big Daddy Gaby, and I came up short. Okay, well, actually, the, that's because the finale, what he did was he... Ro- like, I was feeling like, okay, look, Joe's going to give bear strength to the last AK who's around. He's going to charge in. Joe will charge in as well. The AK will charge in. I should be able to good there. And the last thing he does is he walks up with Alexia. He sets it up so he collects all of my souls, what are rightfully my souls, with his Alexia, and Hellfire's Joe in the face. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. So, yeah, I've, uh, and then it's just like, then he flicks the clock to me. And, like, if you've ever been in that situation on low clock where you have a turn mapped out and you have to re gear your thing, it, it gets a bit messy. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I came up short. I left him on like two boxes or something uh, with a flopped a roll or two. But it was like, I could have been cleaner, but it was also an ext- like, I gotta give, like, Elman, I have to say, helped me win CanCon because he gave me exactly the practice I needed. Oh, that's good. And, if Jeff was here, I'd say, yep, I, I've already told Jeff, in fact, in person, it's like, yep, blame Elman for, for CanCon for me winning CanCon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so eventually, so then, like, we drop out of the tournament, we chillax for a bit, we end up starting our game so it semi-overlaps with the other round so that once their game's, like, um, so our game is going to be starting while their game's going to be two-thirds of the way in so people can jump in and join, and then we just get to work. So Jeff is playing Retribution, and I have full access to his list. He had um, he had Gorshade two, sorry, Gorshade four, so four shade, and he had um Gary two, right? I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way in hell it's it's going to be Gary, right? I was like entertaining some vague notions that he could be dropping four shade, but it doesn't make any sense compared to dropping Gary, especially when you've got the problem of. I could be dropping Karchev too, and Forshade yeah. doesn't have the best armor debuffs. Um, and yeah, I drop in Irusk, and this time we got all our positioning right. We get our ducks in a row. I was a bit concerned at mortality 
that Forshade ha- that uh, Gary Two has. But as uh, Jeff rightly pointed out, there's a slight problem with that. In that, in order to use mortality, you generally have to shoot models with Forshade. Sorry, Gary Two, and when you shoot Two in general, it is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if you don't shoot it, if I set it up correctly, the only models he does get to shoot would be the ones that are outside the tough bubble. So he has to shoot a model that's shoot an AK, basically, and not kill it with his gun in order to put mortality up. And that, once I realized that, it really changed the game because then, like, the things like, say, the Trident go from being an unholy terror to a mild nuisance, especially when I put down that giant AoE that stops... um. You know, it gives you cover while you're in it. Yeah. And it turns out that's pretty good against tridents. Yeah. Artifice. Um, Artifice of Deviation. Uh, so this game ended up being an interesting grind and much more of like, it was a refined version. Finally, it was on the same map as the last one, but it was definitely one of those where I now, like, I was much more prepped for it. Um, so it comes up and Jeff sacrifices his Risivus and I happily accept them with some charging spraying uh, Winter Guard. And this time I'm using the Winterguard infantry just very much as the front line. They're there pretty much to exist and like clog things up. And not in the bad way, in more of the this is where like they're spaced out such that you they'll give you ample opportunities to hit with the next wave, which are the AKs, and they also keep the riflemen from doing their doing their thing. Um so yeah, it turns out when you have Joe and you have the Winterguard artillery captain and you charge and spray, you are Rat 8. And Rat 8 is definitely good enough to hit Rissavas and blast them mm-hmm. into next week. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. that happened. Uh, <laughs> and that was pretty good. And I was able to then follow that up with... Uh, I actually... I, I was going through all of this and I funnily enough feeded just to not even kill Hermit, but force him to use his Hermit transfer. Because um, Erosk's feet is not good into uh, Gary 2, because Gary 2's threat range is too long um, between Warpath and like Hunter's Mark and also access to a trident. He is able to get stuff there. So I literally feet, and my, like catching like two, one of his models maybe, right? <laughs> and I use it just to have my rifleman go and shoot, um, shoot Hermit, Hermit about five, five times and force him to use his transfer. I didn't even kill him. <laughs> but it worked out like I was just like you know what that's probably fine because it means that the follow up turns I'm going to be probably guaranteed to kill whatever I get my shit into and as kind of the result of it the problem Jeff had realistically is his answer to me wasn't the best and then I made things worse with uh, artilleristed mortar shot so this is one of the things I'd like to change about the list is the current list of in Winnegard command has two mortars and it probably only needs one and the reason why is that mortars are useless without fire for effect, um, barring specific matchups, and obviously utterly terrifying with it. And Erosk oftentimes is much better served not putting fire effect on the mortar, or like and hot swapping it to the second mortar, and much better served swapping it to whatever needs it. Like, I mean, guess what's pretty devastating? A charging Rat 8 fire for effected spray, for instance. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It is. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, leading a power 20 C-Rat at Rat a million infinity, right? Mm-hmm. That also will do stuff. Like, it's things like that. It's why you just take accuracy out of the game and you're able to, like, put it. Also, even just putting Fire for Effect on a rocket, artilleristing it, and then walking up. Most solos in the game will probably die to a Rat 8 fully boosted rocket strike to the face. Yeah, I'd say so. That might yeah. get it done. And then... <laughs> 
Yeah, probably. And uh, it was something I was like, instead of that mortar, I could probably put a field gun in there. And I also was thinking it's time to just probably bite the bullet and put in. And definitely I was looking at him like I had a couple of turns throughout the course of this tournament, like especially in the game against Frawley and Frawley, Elman Frawley, my opponent last round, quote round, uh, and against Jeff here where I'm looking at him like I cannot comfortably both, I need to cast Battle Loss this turn because it's AK go time, but I also need a five for effect swap here or i need to have a bit more focus or i need my jacks doing something uh speaking of which uh my jacks were fucking ate it and died this game because that was pretty nice. much all that like gary can do is just like cool well all of your infantry is trash but you know what i can do is just put a fucking armor piercing power 14 shot into your spriggan and half kill it and then mortality it <laughs> yeah, <seems laughs> and then you just accidentally kill it with something else yeah, like, yep, thanks jeff <laughs> thanks jeff <laughs> But it all sort of like ground down to a halt. The main thing was I was able to neutralize this trident pretty well, slash I had the answers for it. And that meant that the trident eventually charged in and had like the dopiest trident turn I've literally ever seen in my life, where it charged, missed its charge attack, rolled 111 on its gunshots, and killed a mortar. Yeah. I'm like... I'm sorry, Jeff. I'll take it. <laughs> and, then, and then the follow-up turn, of course, was approximately a unit of AKs charging in that I was expecting to get mauled, charging in and smashing it into pieces. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And two of them, and then two of them from that same unit then charged a Banshee that had gotten in my lines and killed by other heavy and nearly killed it themselves. And then, of course, I fucking forgot. Like, that was the doubled battle loss turn. And then, of course, in classic fashion, I forgot the fucking rule the Banshee has, which is wailing like yeah, everyone no, no. does <laughs> so yeah. my other unit of AKs instead of charging it just walked into it and gently caressed it and I had to <laughs> resort to some shenanigans in order to kill the banshee and that was the time I realized like man you know what would be better instead of the second fucking mortar a field gun oh, or two yeah. field guns they're pretty cheap um, but to say nothing of the nothing bad about the mortar because the mortar strike I did have, which was out of range, like one of the mortar strikes in the preceding turn, I basically artillerized it, shot it straight at Gary, and did it specifically because I was drifting into a support, drifted right onto Silas, and blew that fucker into next week. <laughs> oh, nice. And oh, that yeah. is a big that was a big scoop because that means that it's way harder for Gary now to hard cast mortality, and that was what I was realistically afraid of is that as the game grinds on. Gary can get into a spot where he doesn't even use his aiming mechanism. He walks up and he starts mortality stuff very aggressively and takes off the table. Because there is a way that Jeff can win, and it would be like that. It'd be going that, having the trident now just blast all of the unit that's now at, at like a functionally pl- rat 10, power 15, which, believe yeah. it or not, is enough to kill Winnegard, and even enough to kill AKs. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> true thoughts. True, true facts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't even save it. You're just like, well, all right, then this is this is awkward. Um, like artifice helps a bit, but even so, it's only get you get you so far. And Gary, if he really needs to, he'll probably put the effort into it. But with no Silas, that was such a huge sigh of relief. And I mean, yeah, it was a bit of RNG, but it was semi-controlled RNG, and it's something that mortars give you that flexibility to do. But you probably only need the one to pull that kind of stuff off. And obviously, a power sixteen fully boosted mortar attack is pretty good. Um, game eventually ground out. I got it, Jeff on scenario. I had to triple check to make sure I wasn't just randomly losing. And again, like this one, the clock was, I think I left it when that game on two minutes and 30 seconds, which is, again, plutty of time for a Rusk. <laughs> <Yeah. Wow. laughs> 
That's crazy. Hey, look, I have a feeling, by the way, that all of this, all of these games are like Nigel. This is like the exact opposite of how you'd be playing War Machine. <laughs> yeah, 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 it currently is. It's like two minutes thirty seconds. That's like a fuck it. That's like three turns worth of time. That's plenty of time. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, yeah. So that was it. And with that, I blow up his objective with probably a mortar or something, and got managed to grind out all of his stuff. And at that point, the end of the game was Gary, the list healer, who did the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my life, which was heal Hermit, even though Hermit had like oh my god (laughs) i would like like, when he did that i actually even though it was literally the most this move doesn't matter but i am actually boiling my blood right now (laughs) wow yeah yeah so you had gary list healer and the mechanic left and i was just like okay well i've got i've got i'm scoring four points this turn and that's enough to put me comfortably over the line and with that that was all she wrote Nice. nice. Congrats. Well, well guys. Sounds yeah. like it, each round sounded like they were, I mean, almost all of them were really hard fought wins, you know, but what do you, what do you expect in such a murderous row? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, it was a good learning experience as well. And like, I'm, I'm going at this like, oh, I walked up to this list with like, oh, my newbie stuff and blah, 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 blah. No, it's like everyone has been testing stuff, right? So, and this was the first time it all came and clashed together. I'm just glad that a bunch of the things I, like, looked at actually did pan out well. I was mm-hmm. good to get the practice. There's no substitute for tournament experience. There never is. No, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, do you think, I mean, it's, it's a little, it's the first real event since War Machine Weekend, and that happened so, so soon after the uh, yep. update dropped. Do you think it's a pretty fair snapshot of the meta? I mean, it's, it's a small sample size. But uh, you um, see- I think it's uh, I think well, it's this plus LVO, which has just happened uh, right, five yeah. days ago, as of right now. In fact, I'm looking yep. at it. Okay, so if you look at both of LVO and CanCon, um, the top five to eight, like uh, the five to eight factions, the only faction I'd say that really has repeats is Crystal Guard, and well, there's only two, and that's Crystal Guard and Ret. And I guess mm-hmm. trolls, if we count the seventh person over here, like I think it's a decent but incomplete snapshot. I mean, again, like there's no Kador in LVO. There wasn't even a, like I don't even think there was Kador players in like the main event. No, so yeah. cool. Like I mean, you know, it's classic. weird. I don't think it's weird. Like people, like there's a lot to p- unpack and stuff like that. And also, people can play whatever they feel like. Um, there was two players that were playing. Um... One was playing Mercs. I can't remember what the other one was playing. I think Crucible Guard. But they're basically Kador mains. I don't know why they went out of Kador, but they're like Minnesota guys that were like, you know, they went to the WGC as Kador players. I don't know what what swapped them out. But yeah, anyways, they... So yeah, I mean... Kador must be been Ashland, Ashland too, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I know that the, the winner of the War Machine Weekend, he was also playing... He played Kador at War Machine Weekend. He was playing... And he swapped Guard. out, yeah. Conan Jennings, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's certainly a we like. I it's definitely not because Kador isn't competitive. Although obviously, I've literally spent God, how long has it been? Uh, at least eight to nine years trying to convince people otherwise with zero success so far. <laughs> 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 um, 
I mean, fuck, like, I, I literally remember back, like, from back from saying, like, yeah, we actually do have matchups in the Haley too, and being yelled at by everyone, including Jamie Perkins, that, like, yeah. I was dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was a fool. I would have uh, I would have said correctly that we don't have a good matchup into both Haley 2 and Haley 3. Uh, and it was kind of awkward because in order to do that, you'd have to change things around. But again, that's a few too many words. And obviously, the correct answer at the time was Signar bad, Butcher only competitive caster in faction. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, cool, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't like... I think uh, like the top dogs to me in no particular order would be Crystal Guard, Minions, Cadel, Ret, probably still, and Trolls. Um, and honestly, that's not even accurate, I think. That's just five random factions. I didn't even list Circle, right? Circle belong in there as well. So it's like a random smaggering bag. I think what is interesting, though, is like the sort of archetypes that kind of occupy. So Minions and Sig Circle, to me, are kind of very similar. Because a lot of their good lists are still very, very strong. They just do it in different ways. And they do kind of the same-ish thing of having, like, hyper-murderous beasts. Uh, yeah. Obviously, in minions, you've got Rask. And you can, and the minions flex there is you've got access to trolls uh, as a follow-up list. And you've still got access to Azazello doing whatever he fucking wants to. Yeah. Um, right. Because, he, you know, minions have Barney Zero. And in Circle, instead, it's like you have access to things like Storm Raptors and Kruger Zero, and but you do a very similar thing. Uh, and then you got like, funnily enough, I think Trolls and Kador are actually kind of similar. <laughs> uh, they yeah. both have gun lines, they both have meaty lists, and they both are insanely flexible. Um, that's actually one of the scariest things to me about, say, Trolls, and also I think one of the reasons, like, I, like James was even saying it as much, like one of the main problems with playing into Kador is you actually don't know what they can drop because all of their lists could be valid into you and you may only have one list that's valid into one of their particular lists. It's like hard mm. to make a generalist list into Kador when Kador can turn around and go like, all right, that's a very nice generalist Haley 2, you know, Haley 2, whatever list, and here's Karchev 2, you can fucking enjoy now. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a list with zero fucking armor, like armor crackers and not really designed to punch, get to punch on in Malie? <laughs> yeah and then it's like yeah and look you don't have to play stalingrad but i i actually this i might eat crow for this and i probably don't re I probably shouldn't be saying this but i think it's actually the strongest listen faction um mm -hmm. it just is also wildly complex and you can still meta for it like the easiest way being just get more sprays in your list and you're good is that uh, but also the back of the, the assault commanders like have they completely supplanted the old Doom Reaver statement with Vlad 2, that list? Uh, I don't think so, but I think what... Doom Reaver, like, Vlad 2 is in a weird spot right now because I think, like, Vlad 2, Doom Reavers definitely still works. It's just that a lot of the things you played Doom Reavers into are now nerfed or no longer as good. Hmm. So you have less reason to play it. And one of the things I personally disliked always about playing Vlad 2 Doomies is it's fragile. Like, the list kind of falls apart. Even if you're winning a game comfortably, you always have that risk that they just like... I, I lost a game to Brad Park uh, online, which was specifically because I I ended up killing one of his Death Archons through a long bomb assassination. Like, yeah, quote, assassination. I basically feeded to kill a Death Archons, one of his Death Archons. I didn't get the other one. And that other one cleaned up pretty much an entire flank. And then it just kept going. And he also... The, the model that I had to clean... It up, which was avoid daddy, avoid archon, 
end up dying to Scythe. And <laughs> now that honestly wasn't entirely unlikely. I probably should have put more respect into Scythe's ability to just shoot a Void Archon off the table, especially if Mortality gets involved because he was playing it with Maylock. But, oh. like, even had he just run in, shot at it, and tried to hope for the best, that's still a threat that you always have to deal with. So, why hmm. I sort of mean leaving away from it, I've been leaving, like, even if I'd be playing Vlad too, I'd much rather play an Armored Core. It's always been my favorite. And Armored Core now is sort of better, but Armored Core annoyingly doesn't have as great a Crucible ma- Guard matchup as it should, because CG, Dragon's Breath Rockets are everywhere, and it's just like, do you want to play into the thing that is directly designed to counter shock troopers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems bad. Yeah. Seems annoying. Yeah. Um, but in general, you've got, like, you certainly, as, like, Kettle's thing has always been, you've got infinite flexibility. You can play mostly whatever you want, and what is actually good, like, you can probably dig through and find an answer in that. Because the skill, like, because, I wouldn't say skill, sorry, the caster power levels are all very, like, the good ones are all in sort of a big weird mess, and it tends to whichever one is the best tends to fluctuate based on who what the meta is at the time. Like there was a time I'd say Erosk was basically a B tier caster. Erosk's who that is, and he's my boy, right? And that was basically during this time when you know you had way more grievous wounds and you had way more things that were directly countering, especially archons. It was like really annoying to deal with it, and yet still you'd have reasons to try and play Erosk. Cool, right, nice, great. Yeah. But then, you know, now we've changed. I'm literally telling you, like, I think that this might be the best list in faction. And even if it isn't, I think it's just one you have to watch for. In the event someone does play it into you, you might need to think about an answer. I mean, ideally not. I think a list self-corrects itself because it's just hard to play um, on clock. And it's also kind of hard to not trip over yourself, even with tactician, but all the same. (laughs) Right. I, I think yeah. your pairing is a pretty good indicator. Well, it's a really interesting dichotomy of the, the troop spam and the armor spam. So you have two different sort of gear checklists, like you're yeah. talking about. Uh, that's, really, that's really interesting. I've never, I don't know, I've never seen that list on the table, 50-something dudes. But I mean... Oh, uh, look, it's just, this is fucking rookie numbers compared to what it used to be. It used to be a 75-point <laughs> list with more than 75 models yeah. in it. Yeah, those back, were the days back in the whatever seven minute turn days or whatever instead of the chess no, box no, no. And... this is this is uh 2018 this is my <laughs> oh, old 2018, okay <laughs> yeah this is actually one of the problems i found with the list was at the time i made it i made it about as optimized as i could and then i never could make it more optimized <laughs> even yeah. with theme changes until now and even then it's like it's not more optimized if anything it's more uh fleshed out which makes it which is why it's more powerful like personally speaking is something like you can take your gear check pairings and stuff like that but how do i put this all right this is an australian secret but the correct way to win a wtc is not to pay a good list and a list to like you know skew it's to play two dumb skews that are also really good list <laughs> brilliant <laughs> so your opponent is just fucked right like you, you again like one of the things stalingrad is when you get down to it a troop span cool trolls can run a troop scan they can run 40 to 50 krill warriors right yeah. or i think now it is like 30 krill warriors with cabers and raiders and they can run it with maddie one or maddie three generally maddie three from what i've seen and just go all ham cool Erusk is the same thing, except everyone has guns, they all have flexibility, there are rules everywhere, you can't kill anything for, like, efficiently, 
and it's just fucked. There's a control feat thrown in there for no reason. There's a damage buff in every capacity. You have range. <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah. It's actually stupid. It's yeah. pretty insane. Wow. And then, yeah, like, ideally you pair that with another disgusting list, like, hence back in the day was used to be Vlad 2, and that was beautiful. Because it's just like, cool, you've got the armor brick that's also threat 16 on charge and feet and has a bunch of rules and has mana war and has boosts forever because light is transference and then that that's how you get people <laughs> yeah and hmm. not all factions can do it but of like most factions are capable of making something of that regard like one of the ones i didn't even mention of like the top tier is legion and honestly i'm not even I personally wouldn't call them top-ish tier on account of I'm not, I haven't seen it enough on the table, but I also feel like a fool for saying just what I said, because I know Legion have their fucking, like, they have their time, their place, and they're very good at what they do. Yeah, but yeah, I do think they're a cut below the five or six that you mentioned before. Same thing as yeah. score. But then, that, that second tier. Yeah, Scorn, I'd be more comfortable putting in that tier, but also Scorn, like, they always get you somehow. They're pretty, like, they're tricksy people. And they're the oppressed, they're the true oppressed minority of War Machine. Don't, don't let trolls feel, fool you with that, their, their hate speech. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And Scorn, always, like, Scorn have been terrorized for years by Kriggs. Like, I mean, fuck, you, yeah. you guys were talking with Potsy, like, that man. Kriggs could be basically the equivalent of Mark II, early Mark II minions, and he'd still think that Kriggs was going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cricks. Back in the day, Cricks could basically just like forget to bring a Warcaster and still beat Scorn. They, I mean, <laughs> no, what are you, t- dude? What are you talking about? Cricks had fucking two Warcasters in the list before you took your actual Warcaster. Uh, they had a great spell, I believe, it was called Revive. They had a nice, efficient mechanic called Corpse Collection. <laughs> ah, Necrosurgeons. That's what they were. Yes. <laughs> and then you know you had to pay a premium of it. But you could take a third necrosurgeon, which was your colossal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those were the days. No, yeah, that was that was a that was a nightmare back in the day. It was not a good time. I fucking remember the first time. Um, was it? Uh, Rob Shepard played uh, Gorshade three and showed us Gorshade three economics. You know, you kill three mech thralls, you revive three mech thralls, and you make three mech thralls, which means that for three, you've traded three oh, yeah. mech thralls for six. And we were just scratching our heads like. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It was like the old um, Gatsby two feet economics. There'd be a, a min unit of mechanothralls in a list with one, just like six mechanothralls and one necrosurgeon in an otherwise normal Gatsby two list. And people would be like, what's going on there? Is they're like punching each other to death in the back, getting revived. Like, what, what's <laughs> yes. happening? And then on turn two, you kill like one Bane thrall and kill a Colossal with your feet. And you're like, okay, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just feet top of two before you've lost a single model because Mechanothrall were weird. <laughs> uh, what a good times. Yeah, yeah, good times. times, greatest hits of Mechanothralls. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, well, does anybody else have any uh, anything to say? Any, any questions for Chris? Yeah, I've certainly talked enough. So, you know, if you guys want me to talk more, feel free. <laughs> oh. You'll have to come on again. It was just a rough day today, you know? Ah, it was a bit yeah. rough, yeah, but, like, I was, I was clearly see it's, so like, cool. I, I'm always happy to chat War Machine. Oh, man, for sure. And relive yes. the glory days of, oh, man. Uh, 
just thinking about you know, the mechanical <clears throat> talk you just told me, Keith, it just reminds me of fucking dying to like three shade for the first of many times. I used to, man, I used to get enraged thinking about my immortal package back in the day versus the Bane package. <laughs> yep. I would, I would literally have arguments with myself while I was milking cows for four hours and I'd get so pissed I couldn't talk to anybody for the rest of the day. Fuck this. This is horse shit, and they got these stupid debuffs on their casters. I pay eight points for this dumb unit. They're power 13. He pays eight points. They're power 13. Weapon masters. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Tangents and tangents. All good. Uh, but you guys have any questions? We're, um... Well, I guess we're... When's the next con, and how far away is it? Uh, I think, um... I might be trying to run a tournament in May, but that's uh, the OTC, not to be confused with the other OTC. Yeah, uh, that was a bit of an unfortunate oversight. We're like, uh, Oceanic Team Championship. No, yeah, Ottawa Team sure. Championship. Like, yeah, okay. Um, it's probably going to be one in March, uh, run by the guy who used to run um, CanCon, which is the beautiful, lovely gentleman, Andrew Hayden. Oh. Got a lot of time for that dude. Um, there's also Tomo's running Clash of the Titans, uh, which I believe is in April. Um, and then, yeah, we so we got a decently... It, it's actually been good because we've been starting to get the ball rolling on getting live events again. And yeah. certainly, I don't know about you, but, like, look, War Table, to me, is no substitute for the game. And, no, and, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's it great, helped, you know, it's great that you fun, can play It helps a lot. Like, I mean, yeah. look, I... Yeah, it's it's exactly what it it's, is. And it's just personally how I... Like, I know a lot of people who prefer War Table and with good reason, and I can't really disparage them. To me, it's kind of a difference between, like, say... Online poker versus live poker, right? Like, technically, when you get down to it, online poker or war table is a better game, right? Because yeah. there are yeah. no fuck-ups. You know, you yeah. don't have, like, you don't have a card get flown off the table like, oh, there's your pocket king's gone. Sorry, bro. <laughs> right? yeah. it's, it's a better game in air quotes because yes. the entire fun of it that people love is the, the yeah, imperfection. You, you, miss out, you, you miss out on shit-talking with everyone at a table, yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. why you would go to a war machine convention and it's one of the funniest things ever where you're just spending most of the game shit-talking the table and making up new nicknames for... Fuck, that's what we in Australia do is half the time spending new nicknames for the table <laughs> for random things going on. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I was just reading through. Uh, we we made some questions, and a lot of it you sort of covered because, like, in the beginning, in your sort of the preamble before you got into your tournament talk, you mentioned that you know uh, Australian um, meta metal design, war machine ethics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, war machine ethics was um, well, just the like all business. You know, you're you're saying junior warcasters are shit. Get them out of here, or you know, like that stuff. So there, there had I had a lot of questions on sort of that because that's like. Um, our interactions on the uh, Aussie forums are basically always like me with my bag of me with my big bag of like just in case support stuff, and you're like, get all that out of here! Like you can knock the bag out of my hands. I'm like the kid in school. That's <laughs> because I needed those. But like uh, the uh, but that's but so you've got your Eros list, you've got your Karchev list. Um, when you put it in mind, I guess what the question, it's like hard to necessarily, it's sort of a nebulous question. So it's hard to like really encapsulate exactly what I'm, what I'm asking, but we'll try to get through it is, do you plan for like a gauntlet? Is it like a meta or you're thinking about a top five? Are you specifically, you're thinking about Moops and Galea and Tomo, or are you more generalist? I want to ask and answer these two major things with my list pair. And then you 
you just make just a list against sort of nothing, but you're like, I'm asking these two tough questions, and that's more important than worrying about what other people are playing. Um, a bit of both. Like, let, let me be clear, right? If I, like, it, I can't pretend like, oh, I didn't practice, pretend at all for Moops, I didn't practice at all for Jeff, I didn't think all about Whaley and what his version of Karchiv is. Mm-hmm. No, that that definitely doesn't, that definitely, you know, obviously came down into it, but it's also part, like, they are almost like avatars of those, like, you know, that faction at, yeah. like, some of its best. Yeah. Um, personally speaking, I generally tend to approach, like, I, I try to make lists that are actually, the generalist with hard skews is, like, the easiest way to put it, right? So... Even though it's a obviously a crazy, it's a skew that is basically infinite dudes, right? Or infinite high armor warjacks. Ideally speaking, I'd like to be able to have enough random support and stuff that fits into that list in order to play into pretty much whatever. Hence why, like, I didn't really give Crucible Guard its due diligent thought because I thought, I think Karchev 2 is probably okay in here. And look, AKs apparently are immune to everything that failed experiments do, so they're probably fine. Mm-hmm. And that was about the end of my thought process. Yeah. So it's like, it's like I... There's actually one thing I didn't really have... Like, if I had the full gauntlet, like, there's entirely possible the CanCon I run it is different, and you haven't said Josh based going on, and he tells you about his round two game into me, where I basically spend the entire game tripping over my dick, trying to kill his railless interceptors and failing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we maybe have a different conversation there, right? And then Josh tells you about how good, like, you know, killing people before they've even depl- finished deploying their models is <laughs> with Lucas. <laughs> right. So, like, like that's, that's just how torments sort of work out. Um, on the other hand, it could have been, like, I also was thinking about it at the time, like, okay, in the event I do randomly run into CG, and because it wasn't just him that would be playing it. After all, people do own multiple factions. Like, there's an entirely chance, like, say... For instance, I thought Batesy was actually going to be playing CG because he'd been talking about it, but he ended up settling on Grimkin, his old favorite, one of his old favorites, mm-hmm. uh, and with good reason. Grimkin are fucking dope, like dope ass shit. But like, um, even then, like, I wouldn't have said I'd given it the most. Think of like, look, I did pick a couple of people. I kind of wanted to make sure I had at least decent answers to. Um, mainly was the circle was circle. I'd say was the big one I was looking at because I didn't just didn't want like um. It wasn't even that. Um, it was first of all because minions and circle are vaguely similar. They have like similar like uh, overlap, and if I'd be able to counter one or the other, I should be able to have a decent game into it. Um, and that's the only reason I actually did end up settling on a Rusk. Although, as I said, I played against James. I played um, Karchev instead, right? Mm-hmm. But I figured, yeah, like anyway, like with regards to. So my list pairing, I, I do try and keep things more generalized, but yeah, I'll like, look, if I need to read a list online, either I'm going to dive into some doge, I'm going to look on, like, the Retribution Facebook page <laughs> for what, what a Falsia list looks like or what a guarantee yeah. list like, or I'm going to look at what Jeff is playing. Yeah. 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 Um, as for, like, the support thing, so, yeah, like, the way... Um, basically, to me, it's like, there's support that's a necessity and support that's a luxury, and... Ideally, you want to try and cut out as much of the luxury stuff as possible beyond what's utterly necessary and try mm-hmm. and work out ways around it because everything you save there, you can put in elsewhere. And the second thing is that, and this is the, cri- the critical one, any of your support models you do take should also do work. Uh, so one of my favorite examples, this is the Manowar Kovnik. 
if a Manowar Kovnik, when we first played way back in the start of Mark II, I realized that like Manowar are actually overpriced and shit. In the event, you're taking a five point at the time dude man whose job is to walk four inches and tell people to go faster. Yeah. Uh, that's shit. Now, if you kind of structure your list and think about it in such a way that you get this guy to event like do work, right? Then all of a sudden you have a four point guy with three attacks who also has desperate pace. Like, imagine if the old Satixis Raider Captain back in sorry, the yeah, is it Raider Captain the one that had desperate pace for Raid oh, Satixis? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Imagine she also had assault and had more mat eight. Yeah. <laughs> well she was oh, mat and, eight. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Did she rat six? <laughs> I think she was rat five. I think she was I... rat six as well with a hand Good, cannon. Okay. Oh, <laughs> In that case, fair enough. We want to. That's a, that's see. That's an acceptable support model, not a good one. An acceptable support model. Yeah. <laughs> right, but she didn't have assault. The Kelvin has that over it. But yeah, yeah like yeah. that's that's the kind of the way you want to be leaning on. Like obviously, there's some support. It's like I'm not going to go and like okay, cut the fucking necrosurgeon because you don't need him in the list. He's just clogging your points up. But it should have like a structure and flow. And oftentimes you'd be surprised at what is superfluous and what isn't, and what can be compensated for with different unit comps and loadouts. Uh, and sometimes also what you actually need to win a game is not necessarily what you need, you think, is originally going to be. But like me personally, uh, just to harp, like me personally, I found it doesn't take a lot of games. I mean, people are going like, oh, you need 20 games of practice before you can really nut out a list. Like, no, I can pretty much get it in like one or two. Because once you're playing it, you feel what feels right and what feels like this is just not working out correctly. Yeah. <laughs> or this feels like wasted effort. These are the areas to improve. But like list building is always an ongoing process, right? Which is why it's fun. Like, yeah. look, every time, if I basically, let's just say you and me, Nigel, we were on the forums and like on the Discord, and all we did was say no to each other. I post the list and you immediately said no. And I'm like, cool, never touch that caster again. And then you yeah. post something and I just said no. It's that's not correct. That's not a. That's not how things work. And b. That's not productive for anyone. But if I go yeah. and post the list and say, Nigel, can you please help me with your janktastic brain? Make my list more degenerate. <laughs> 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 like if we could write a like nice happy medium. Like we don't have to arrive at the correct. Answer. I might go like, you know what? I don't know if I necessarily agree the Thamorite right advocate is necessary here maybe we can get alexia back in and you go like no i think the like maybe the flare can make up for it and you go like nah i think the advocate should stay it's too it's too good a support choice this is for mm -hmm. malakov for what it's worth right yeah, yeah. as an easy example right we'd be go like we could go like down, we it's, can it's confirmed it's awesome Oh, I, I, 100%, I told you to put it in there i fucking told you to <laughs> can say, confirm confirmed it's sweet yeah okay good God, it's even got like that model actually. The advocate has got me even thinking of just like, do I just like in the event that I let Whaley have Karchev too? Do I just play fucking Zakova too and go full retard, just like play yeah. all the you know that list? Which incidentally is another list that I haven't even gotten into. But they're like anyone who hasn't seen it, it's Zakova two and Wolves of Winter, and you just go full retard. So you get yeah, your yeah. double smack spray ponies. You take all the free card turnians. You get everything with the name Greylord on it, apart from Doom Reavers. Uh, you take yeah. Ion and Holt with Valachev, and you take a Victor. And at that point, you kind of just basically tell your opponent, look, if you have a caster that isn't immune to cold, there is a very likely chance you are dead. Yeah. As when you, let's see, apparate to run 18. So you're, all of your Grey Lords have range 20, sorry, 28 on their sprays, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And then is- you can swing it by plus four. Uh, yeah, be between Brittle Frost and Ayana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that, where do we... Yeah. Start? yeah. Uh, if we want, the advocates at that point start. It's why I knew the advocates I was telling you, like, uh, Keith, you can use the advocate on Ayana because that's one of the things you do. You start doing wonky stuff, like you walk up with the advocate, you have her, the advocate cast uh, cast power or whatever. This, I think it's called power. No, sorry, knowledge no. on Ayana. <laughs> Repo, so it's facing where Ayana is going to be. Ayana walks up, Zephyr's casts, uh, casts her spell, right? Then you trigger Zakova's feet, you move up Zephyr again, you cast knowledge on Ayana again, and then you throw out your spell again. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, you wow. do some dopey <laughs> shit like that. I thought like, exactly the reaction. I was just like, I was sitting there trying to like ham sandwich explain it to Keith. So you can set up this thing where you're like a ladder <laughs> where you double knowledge, but I was saying like Zakova or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can do it with Zakova. You want, so you yeah, cast exactly. Occult Whispers. You know, you can't all cult whispers, throw a nuke out and then feet and then knowledge yourself again and then throw out the nuke again. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, remember you, I remember you doing that and I had to do the, the Chris Santa Claus thing and, and be like, oh, it's only for failed attack rolls. So you can't f- go fishing for crits. Yeah. Uh, 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 it is. But that's OK. Your boy, your Thamorite Archon. Oh, no, no. Which one, one of them does allow you. No, no, that's right. Both the good misses. one. The Crix. No, no, no. The Crix rule. The Colden Lord, he does it. He allows you to re-roll uh, even oh, if you succeed. Because yeah. again, master. it's a Mark II Crick's rule. It's obviously better. Yeah. Well, that's a, and that's a nerfed Puppet Master. Puppet Master used to be pick the dice you want to re-roll. Oh yeah. man, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Puppet Master used to be keep the sixes, re-roll the ones. Now it's you have to re-roll. Yeah, I mean, a bit disgusting, but again, like that allows you to get, like at that point, it's probably very likely your opponent is now frozen at minus four armor and sprayed to death. Yeah. And there's probably a way to play attrition in that list somehow if your opponent isn't dead. Okay, well, just to pour some cold water on this <laughs> thing a little bit. Yes. When she came out and that tier list came out, I was hot and heavy, and it's only gotten better. It's, it's, it's like exponentially better than it used to be, because I used to just have the iron and holt and the two units of turning cab, and then just all the cat, you know, the spells and the things and the whatever, and it kind of played like a Sorsha or Ron type assassination list it was kind of jankier. Um, and it did attrition well, actually. But like the problem was, and this the fly in my ointment was always men off. Yes. It would just be like hard kick my balls. And I just actually ran into men off constantly. Like, but I don't know. Are they just like less relevant now? Do we not need to worry about them? Or can we? I mean, even if you do, like, <coughs> sorry. Um, because the other you problem still, with Menoth is if you're doing your Zerkova, yeah. your 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 other list is probably like Karcha. Your other list has to be good enough to play into the field, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes that's always the case. Well, look, that's a that's a problem with playing a one trick pony like that. Like, I mean, you have a similar problem if you're playing to trolls, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a significant chunk of troll casters and lists that are immune to cold, and you're like, okay, yeah. my cold sprays are definitely going to do something to cold grandma. Yeah. Yeah, or too. Not that you'd run into Borka too. Cold grandma. Fuck. I mean, like, there's also a significant chunk of troll cast. Is like, okay, like you play do that into Madrak three, and then he sort of like glares at you a bit, and then goes, yeah. like, I'm defenders warding myself. Yeah, and I uh, see what you come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, it's a shame actually because I played Zakova in a league tournament in Flame in the Darkness, and it was almost there, and it's still almost there. 
almost purely off the back of the fact that in one turn you can drop six Thrall Warriors off. I did drop five, and that felt fucking good, especially because a bunch of them charged my opponent's cast, who is now frozen. So, yeah, great. Jake's can cast Energizer twice. Nice. That is less great. It's 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 a thing. It, it's like very whelming. <laughs> mostly because mostly because of the jacks. Honestly, you'd be picking in that. It just doesn't quite line up. Gallant, you fire Gallant at him. I hate to say it, Keith, but um, in Kador we have higher standards for war jacks. They're <laughs> mad if you have an upkeep on you. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, we have a guy called Behemoth. He just gets really mad and just blows you to pieces with his armor-piercing rocket fists. <laughs> you can't take him in flames. No, you cannot. You can take Tauros, at least, but yeah. Uh, Gallant, like... Oh, man. Gallant, Gallant is cool, though. It's, uh, it's definitely yeah, one of those I mean, things. He's, he's, he's Signar cool. Like, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's <laughs> the problem, right? Like, Ugh. I mean, it's like, would you rather Gallant or Ruin? I'll take, exactly. I'll take Gallant. No, I, no okay. take that, Chris. I, th- uh, okay. I love the idea, Keith. I think it's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Double Excellent. All right. Good psych. You've definitely gone to Keith's head. He's definitely going to take Gallant. <laughs> my master plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's another thing, too, is just like, uh, the surprisingly, one of the places you can sort of free up points and stuff is like looking at Warjack loadouts. But like... It's, uh, I mean, this is going to sound really weird from the guy who, again, got famous for taking 14 Mad Dogs or something, except, again, as, like, what I actually did was not, and it's surprising how much those little changes do make effects in your list. Um, Like, I remember actually taking the Kodiaks in that specific instance because one of the few ways that they could ruin your fun was uh, Iris One, who was definitely around a lot back in the day, (laughs) back in early Mark Three. And it's just like, cool, like, there's no real way to give her true sight, especially in things like Rhett, so I guess we're just going to make a Cloud War and you can suck it. I ended up playing a Sorcia one player at one point who had it all set up. He could have done the lock and it's like, okay, cool. Here are two Steam vents you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. That was pretty dope. Also, nothing <laughs> quite like warpathing and venting Steam. That was pretty good, too. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, uh, I mean, I'm not exactly sad to see the back of Mad Dogs, but, uh, I mean, I have a feeling that the it's it's hard. It's going to be difficult to see them being quite as good as they ever were because of what really made them good, which was uh, jury rig. Um, any of the, if anything, the the upgrade, the change to fleet, which is now basically that you just get it for free if you've got to focus on them, is enough. Because otherwise, they would be the easiest shoe in with Karchiv 2 ever, because you just cast full throttle to get them to run, and then they'd fleet and run and do things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you yeah. could just take X amounts, however, and who fucking cares? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, uh, the, anything else? The, the greatest War Machine meme of all time, which is you with a <laughs> shit eating grin and hunger for <laughs> hands on hips. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, if there's one thing I like playing War Machine for, it's to make memes. So here we are. <laughs> make memes <laughs> and getting models nerfed. New meme factory. <laughs> and fighting around the world. Fighting. Yeah, six months, no Malkov. <laughs> all right, all right. Fuck, oh, man. Okay, God. They sound a major event, anyways. Like, can't play with the WTC, obviously. No Warfare well, Weekend. Actually, no actually, I take that back. Like, who even fucking oh, pays attention to Australian events? We've already got the Kador is bad train. They weren't at LVO. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? It'll be fine. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Actually, I will say on Karchip 2 in general, um, yeah, so like I already thought about what nerfs I think he might need uh, if we're going to go down that path, which is basically the control area thing. Because like literally, I killed James Morehouse from another postcode away by telling, hey, Juggernaut, you, Juggernaut over there, right in the distance, get some full throttle, maybe some abattoir going, and fuck that guy up. <laughs> also, mm -hmm. here's some focus. I've got eight to spare. You know what? You can take a bunch of it. It's yours. Just, just go. Get him. Get him. Which is... I'm never at risk there. Like, literally, Karchev is basically SMSing war plans from another continent away as monstrous. Like, what are you well, getting there, what, What's possibly? wrong with that? Well, for <laughs> some start, people, apparently we've it's never bad. Had, we've never had arc nodes. That's basically, you're basically getting, like, the effect of an arc node on a warjack. We finally uh, have a little bit of a threat, like, range extension. <laughs> Good try, mate. <laughs> and you know what? With Malakov, too, we won't get an arc node. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be because of Smarter One that we'd never get one, but yeah, now Malakov I mean, is like, yeah, double downing. Well, now, and you know what? Actually, I like that. I like actually that Kador has more spells now that do the whole, like, you know, you can't get Arc Nodes because the casters have bonkers spells. Yeah. Like, you know, back in the day when Vlad One had Impaler or the armor piercing spell that he randomly had. Right, mm -hmm. things like that, because that was a big part of it. It was just like, okay, cool, because when you do, it means that it's more risk versus reward kind of thing. As opposed to like playing Butcher Two back in the day, taking an Arc Node randomly, and then trying to roll enough for Unnatural Disaster—that spell that kept on blowing people up—just so okay. you could cast it. And then, you know, like yeah. it's very different when Butcher, a guy who has random focus and is a nutcase, is doing it versus Butcher who literally SMSs and just casts it through a fucking Arc Node. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But that's, I think, uh, I don't think that will happen. Um, but yeah, Disco Inferno, Discombobulate, and Front Butt, whatever we're going to call it, is very mm -hmm. good for that. And it's a good spell as well. So, like, Malakov, Malakov 2, I think, is going to probably... I don't think the... I think the issue is that it's going to always be this, like, what list do you play him in? But I'm liking the yeah. way that AC stuff has been turning out. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I just was, as we were talking, thinking about tech that I haven't even thought about using yet, which is the whole... I'm so I'm so obsessed with throat cutter and uh, dirty fighter that the idea of veil of misting unishock troopers and then giving them prowl is like you know it's yeah. pretty gross. Yeah, and then the ones that the one that isn't complete within the cloud, you just use the you have the adjunct to just put the cloud his cloud on it, and then at that point yeah. you've now got a cloud like a armor twenty one shield veil of misting cloud wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do you can do cool stuff like that. Like veil of mist yeah. is like yeah, Malakov in for that purpose is just great for those kind of things. And look, things roll around and churn. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, come 6 or 12 months, whether they release another update or they do corrections, there's going to be some kind of donkey thing that comes out and then things will be bonkers in some other capacity and then new releases will come out and we're going to see El Rhett will go back from being, you know, Rhett will resume their rightful place as top-tier gods again because they'll have now undead models and as we know from Mark II, undead models and have broken rules. <laughs> oh, yep. as we know from Mark III as well with Legions of Lost Souls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, un non cricks undead. <laughs> Sorry, cricks. Yep. <laughs> apart from apart from Gatsby 4, but I guess he's super dead. So, yeah. <laughs> so hey, he's, uh, he's a construct. He's not undead anymore. Yeah, I'm aware of that. That's why he decided. He, he, he saw the way it, the right? winds were blowing. He's just like, I'm going to get on this construct business. <laughs> Immortals <laughs> constructs. Like uh, de like strange bedfellows constructs. I'm gonna get me some of this. 
<laughs> and then you know what? We're going to basically go time. There's going to be a full churn. Eroska is going to get nerfed into the ground. Karchev 2 will be nerfed out of existence. And then everyone will say Kalor is bad. And then all of a sudden, the meta changed around. And somehow, of all things, Butcher 3 is back in town. And then we're <laughs> back in here. I'm going to talk about like, oh, yeah, we're going to do the Butcher 3 versus the Scorn Beast spam list. Because the Scorn Beast spam is that, yeah. That's just how the game sort of works. But if you're thinking with Kador and in general, it's like there's a lot that you can muck around with. I mean, for most factions, that's generally speaking the case. Um, and also, in terms of like list building capacity, I mean, I've been talking about, about like, oh, okay, you want to start cutting support stuff out. In Kador, it's kind of a lot easier and nicer because a lot of your support stuff is also really good at fighting. Right. Okay. You know, yeah, that used like, to be. That's, I've always thought of that as a strength of Kador. Just yeah. in, it, you know, it really isn't until the Forge Seer where you started to see even they could get work done, but they're like, oh, just look, more supporting. Forge Seer under Throat Cutter or even under uh, Vlad 2 yeah. used to be some of my favorite things, right? And I'd be saying it's just like, yeah, but by our standards, that's now not right, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're just yeah. like, <laughs> okay, sure, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I always used to think that was the advantage of uh, Kador specifically. It was like over um, specifically men off and trolls. Is that men off and trolls have to spend eight to twelve points of their list just to get out of bed, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we don't yeah. we 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 spend that same eight to twelve points, and it's like Grigorovich and like guys who are just like shooting blasting caps and doing sweet stuff, you know. Rest in peace, bear strength, Kovnik Joe. You were yeah. too beautiful for this world. Uh, it's actually it's actually I think also why trolls are now actually looking at top tier is because they have gotten a bunch of stuff that allows them to break out of that. I mean, Madrak 3 is probably the cast I'd be playing trolls personally because then I don't have to take waste time taking a krill stone. Yeah. Right? And yep. then you've also got like great support models like Boom Howler 3. Yep. That's definitely a support guy, all right? The guy with the oh, fucking yeah. knockdown, double pressuring axe. <laughs> the, oh, he's got a nerf. Oh, okay, wait, never mind. <laughs> oh, but no, okay, he's now doesn't amputate as well, but he's still, like, he's a beast. Yeah. He's Sorry, really... I was interrupting a bunch of people. What were you guys Nothing. saying? No, no. All we're all just rambling. It's a, it's the post-amble, whatever the thing. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> Let's yeah. sign off. I'll keep rambling. All right. Yeah, uh, we'll be rambling for, forever. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you all for listening to episode 27 of Full Tilt. Uh, this has been Steven. Thanks for coming on, both of you guys. This has been yeah. Jesse. Oh, no problems. Anytime. Nigel. Oh, yeah, and I'm Nigel. Perfect. And that's and and you're that's, Jesse. And that's then... Keith and, and uh, Active Player. Active yeah, Degenerate and Builder Player. Active Degenerate. Hey, 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 hey. My name is Chris. I don't know about this active player business, in fact. I don't think anyone knows who active player is, as has Nobody. been repeatedly established. I'm just glad I finally got to win a local tournament. Hey, yeah, nice. A nice small local event. Small, nice <laughs> local event. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cut them out because it records in separate channels.
<laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be so weird. Uh, well, oh, you guys are you guys are recording? I'll screw off. No, 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 get in here. Keith, Keith, say the line. Say the line. Yeah. No, no, no. Music and music. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong podcast, sir. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look, look, there's nothing competitive to talk about in Cardor, as we all know. So oh. clearly, we should be talking about like this Kane three stuff. I like. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I, I actually don't mind this list at all. It's just, yeah, it's the like Ragman Gibbs part. I think there's one too many units, but I like the idea of it. And it's just like, maybe we can redeem the full on degenerate. Like, Kane 3 is a heroin junkie. Like, you don't play Kane 3 at a tournament and go, like, oh, yeah, this is my super balanced, like, well rounded, respectable list. It's like, I will do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will do that. If you can, if you can freaking, um, what was it? Uh, oh god, what's his name? Um, Rodney Downey Jr. Kane three, then that'd be fucking sick. <laughs> Robert, just, just get him on the uh, just yeah. three grenadiers is all you get because <laughs> that's yeah, all you fun. can put the focus on in the best case scenarios. Three, yeah, that's so all you get. I have a feeling you'll need more because you'll probably lose a grenadier to like random nonsense. And the second grenadier, you'll need more on the feet. And what are they range 10 or something? Yeah, they're only range 10. So it's like yeah. you have to cast oh. flicker for them to be any good. Like I, yeah. I could play I played them in Sloan and they were okay because it was like you know, range 12 is much better than range, range 12 10. Is way better than 10. Also yeah. you've got focus efficiency. Also you can play it in hearts if you really want to do it. But yeah. Yeah. Where's, so, where's my... I, I, it annoys me with Signar is that unlike say Crucible God, they, they always seem to have only one list that works. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Sloan, Sloan is uh, she used. I feel like at the beginning of Mark Three, the exact same list I'm playing now, like minus six points because everything got cheaper. Like I was playing the same list with a little bit less stuff in it, and it was amazing. Like it was just cleaning house ruining people's days and I've played, that, I've played that same list like you know three four times since coming back and it's just awful like it just <laughs> fails to kill anything like they've just everybody just got like six more armor that armor piercing doesn't ignore against guns it's just in every list he killed and, me with it so i guess i'm just <laughs> uh, yeah, well, a it by like the slimmest of margins the last attack too you know <laughs> Couldn't you also, you also forgot, else like, in your list. It was no. you also just forgot, like, your caster. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You also forgot, like, half your rules, like, the rules that literally keep you alive. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Not, not high on Sloan. No. Sloan's, Sloan's problem is that, like, all the other shooting lists exist, and people, like, people tech for those. Yeah. And that, you know, hunters don't have parry anymore, so sometimes things run and engage them, and then you you lost the game. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a lack of flexibility. Like, I mean, Signal, not that I'm really advocating they should get it, but they need something like, they really want something like a uh, retaliator. Like, some kind of spray jack with utility. Yeah. Because uh, realistically, all of their jacks are kind of just derpy. Um, like, has, like, has gun, or has shitty melee. <laughs> Like okay. again, the, literally the best signal jack to me is the Toro. It's, it's yeah, just that's, like, that's a bummer. Yeah, and it's, it's, a shame. it's something I was thinking. I was hoping they'd actually fix with the um the what you call dynamic update. Like like make the Mama nineteen base just across the board. Fuck it, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, like make, uh, make the ironclad chassis nineteen. Make the centurion hammersmith twenty base. Like 
Yeah, like, fuck it, it whatever. You get an armor 20. Si- fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, Sigmar don't really have the ways to leverage the Centurion chassis. And the Centurion chassis, when you think about it, is all, like, the Centurion itself is actually stupid, right? If you put that in almost any other faction, that Centurion would just be, like, can you imagine giving that to Karchev 2? Yeah, uh, no, it would not be a good no, exactly. Idea. It's just like, what, what, what would you be doing? Fuck, you'd even that Cricks, and Cricks would be like, I'm sure we have a good use. We will find a use for you, Centurion. But yes. it's in Sigma, and Sigma don't have exactly speed buffs, and even if they do, they're like, uh, why are we... Why do we want to get into melee? We want to get out of melee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. In, in the modern scenario packet, you can't just be like, I would like to get out of melee. Like, I would like to not, you know engage in this and also like signar's other achilles heel which they have not corrected for in any way is terrain and now apparently they just vomit the most vile terrain imaginable all over the exact center of the table so that's also (laughs) not a a great look for the old swans yeah and it's um it's something i'll probably get into is like i I think probably one of the best factions in the game right now is crucible guard and they sort of again it's just painful when you're like i I could play signal or i could play cool (laughs) signal yeah (laughs) has like the debuffs of cricks it's awesome well it's not even the debuff it's the flexibility it's the sprays it's the fact that they're not shooting is not monotone um yeah yeah, it's legit like when you get down to it signal shooting is it's basically just all rifles it's like you know all rifles and cannons yeah, and yeah. not AOE cannons either. Like even Kador has, like Kador has more flexible shooting packages than Signal does, and that's embarrassing. And then you got Crucible Guard, the faction designed for it. You got trains with sprays. You got rocket artillery. You've got ro- vindicate Windicators doing oh, their thing. Just the best. I don't really give a fuck about Vindicators to be per- to no, be blunt, you because they yeah. they fall. Well, it's not that. It's the fact they fall apart like paper. Like they're yeah, kind they're, of they're, yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. Like but you, they, you, something well, gets there to die. So yeah, exactly. Like sure. the it, it's telling that the um the mentalist just gets them up to normalish stats, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's her job. <laughs> but, you stay I there, mean, lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's sure. like I mean, it's obviously not going. We're not going to be saying like, "Oh, yeah, vindicators are great." Like they're fucking glass cannons. Oh, but yeah. The cannon there is a like you know, fist Amazing. of an angry god style. But no, you sure. think about it, a defender has one more defense and a gun. Yeah, and uh, yep. that's. I remember a time when defenders were actually like fucking cool. Um, in Mark Three, there was a period like. <laughs> uh, it was early Mark III. It was before themes and stuff like that. It was when that kind of, like, a lot of people were playing Jack, so the Cortex bashing was good. And it was when things weren't so over crazy. Like, it, it was just like, you know, I actually found that if you, say, played Sloan, if you mixed Hunters and Defenders, you generally got better results. Because at least the Defender could pretend, like, if you got randomly engaged, again, the Hunter thing of being in melee. Right. Apart from the hunters being able to parry out of it and also having AD, the defenders would give you a like counter punch in the event they hit you with something heavy. And obviously, it's just like super tilting to just walk in and have like someone just love taps your cortex three times. Like, okay, heavy's useless. <laughs> or even if it's a colossal, like, yeah, it's just like you're guaranteed to do extra damage. And with Sloan, right, it's not like shooting the melee is ever going to be a problem. But yeah, the game's well moved on since then. Now it's a case of the humble mm-hmm. defender. Hey, hey, what's up, Nigel? Nigel! Oh. Hey, so, buddy. Chris, what you're, what you're telling me is that the best unit in Retribution is the Electromancers, because they have Cortex damage? Dude, Electromancers are... Well, I mean, do they punch to Cortex damage? They punch it doesn't matter. Electromancers are fucking sick anyway. Yeah, they are. Fuck. They're dope. 
I mean, we've won WTCs off the back of Electromancers. That's right. <laughs> Jeff has, Dylan has. Uh, there was a time, Jeff was telling me about a time he, he got the pole. He got one of the Polish guys real good. Polish guy whips and knocks down um, Pain Knight, Scarath with a raider. And then Jeff's like, okay, and walks up and shoots the electro, shoots three Electromancers into Pain Knight, Scarath three times. Right, oh, nice. bounces the lightning, kills the entire unit of like, pay, of like you know, uh, Satix is barring one guy, and then Pain Knight gets up and stabs that Satix in the face. Yeah, and then we had another where when we were playing against the Germans, uh, 2016, where like it was basically, I think Dylan was playing Kalissa, and I don't think it was the Kalissa mirror, but basically it was some kind of mirror. I think no, it was Kalissa versus Ossian. and they were like, oh, there's no way he can win, and then Dylan walks up, Pain Knight. Blasts the, shoots him in the back three times with electromancers, kills a you know mage out of strike force, and feats on top. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah, I got a lot of respect for those boys. It's a yeah, little sad that the uh, the the Rulik wizards names escaping me. Tack. Uh, yeah, yeah, the tech that them guys they got five wounds and the Turnian got their did the Turnian get their wounds? I feel like the Turnian may have. Oh, the Turnian's nah, never they, gonna get their wounds. No, okay. no, no, no. Well, no. The quite as bad because the Electromancers haven't gotten their wounds either. No, yeah, neither of uh, the uh, Thorn Gun Mages. Yeah, so no. Thorn, Thorn could make sense. Uh, Turnian, I don't really care. Like, the whole point is they're kind of a free card choice and they're like glass cannon y recurring sure. dudes anyway. Yeah, the, the thing with the, the thing with TAC is that TAC can be recurred through that battle engine, and TAC always kind of had three wounds. I really like them though; they were like a Mark II staple for a while, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Five wounds, I don't think will save 13, 13 twelve. That <laughs> pretty much against yeah. like a, a POW seven blast damage. That's true. Sometimes yeah. that, that's yeah. what you that's what wounds are for. Is they save you from one blast damage roll. Yeah, and you, can do fun, <laughs> you can do funny shit like basically walking through like scathers. Uh, by the way, Nigel, I had said this earlier. Like, I fucking feel like the person who keeps telling someone that Christmas is over and Father Christmas is real. So you know that you can't actually cast Boundless Charge on Alexia One, right? Yeah, you feel you're a Valchev. No, you cannot. Alexia One makes the unit spell warded. <laughs> No, you're right. Oh my god. I will say this may or may not be because of certain people, some of whom are in this chat, who <laughs> may have fucked it up for everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Because maybe some of us, I'm not naming any names here, cast Battle Lost on Alexia 1 back in the day and were routinely blowing up Colossals with it. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Hold on a second, Nigel. But this opens you... the door for our, our favorite model ever, the Steelhead Ironhead. Oh my, he can do it. Yeah, you're right. Who needs Bellister oh. to get the sin? Go oh around God. it. Yes, we yes, do that. But you can't stack it, sadly. And let's be real. Like, why settle for 12? 12 is a lower number than 14. That's fair. It is. What, what does work, the rest this of it does I'm work, though. I'm trying to tell you, and you keep telling me to fucking cut Ragman. <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly telling you, because it's seven points for fucking Ragman. <laughs> He's only three. Gibbs does other shit. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gibbs, Gibbs is a like, yeah. Gibbs is a four point solo, I suppose. <laughs> like four points for a solo these days. I'm fucking having trouble putting old mate guy with a what was it under boob the guy with the grappling gun, 
who's like a fucking ninja wizard who actually gives you weird outs into certain matchups because oh, you just sweet. shoot your car you shoot your opponent's caster like Lucas for instance or Falcia and you tell them nothing personal and you back hit them in the back of the head with a crowbar and they can't cast spells for a turn yeah oh. right and that is a four point guy I can't put in lists so what's Gibbs doing here <laughs> if I can't put can. that man <laughs> does, does, uh. does the score have a cat on the base I don't think so uh, I can put one on him. No, I don't think so. Not <laughs> okay. Cat racist, I see. <laughs> Do right. I have... Wait a minute, I've got a freaking spare... Uh, what was it, in the right quest that had the command of Barkovich? The, the oh my dog. god. Yeah, alright, I'll do that. And then checkmate atheists. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody ready to go? We're good to go? We're yeah, gonna, sure. uh, there's not going to be a structure, so sorry, Moops. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about CanCon, and then probably probably some Cardor. Yeah, yeah. happy to. Let me just pull up cool. some listen and shit. <laughs>